What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Kind of Funny Games Cast, episode 57. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hello. Did you wander into the wrong show? Are you sure you're supposed to be on this one? I got an email saying you got to be here at at 1 o'clock, and I was late. (laughs) Over here, the pride of Long Island, (laughs) Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you, Greg. And then over here, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Sean and Jake from Campo Santo. Hi. Hey. Hey, Jake. Hey. You guys made Firewatch. We did. Just you two. No. No. Just you two. No, twenty. We are twenty percent of the people that, who did yeah, that. Yeah, that's about right. We're not really so good at math. We're less than twenty percent of Firewatch. Okay. Yeah. But you did the heavy lifting. We did yeah, less than twenty yeah, percent sure. of the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Geddes has gone to Philadelphia to eat cheesesteaks and see his girlfriend. That sounds nice. It does sound nice. If he does that it sounds in- like a code. <laughs> I was going to say, you sat, you sat down next to someone and opened a newspaper and without making eye contact, said that sentence and sure. then left and there was a I, dossier. I went to a water fountain and put underneath a flash drive. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, he's just there eating cheese steaks hanging out. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, and then Nick, you're on this show. I am. Because you played Firewatch. I did. We all played Firewatch. Even Kevin played Firewatch. Oh, my stomach just went flop, flop, flop. It's weird meeting people who have played Firewatch because that wasn't true for like ever. Yeah. True. And now it's been true for a minute. And it's very peculiar. It's very strange. So, well, I save it. Let's do all the rigmarole and we'll get, get right into it. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, Tim not dead, but he's not here. If you didn't know, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week, three, sometimes four best friends gather on this table you only know how to, to do talk about show, video huh? game <laughs> intros and stuff. Well, no, it's because I want to, you know, it's funny when I do it because I do my own thing. Once you it, you get yeah. well, why, why, in, you know. The eye of the beholder. I didn't find it that amusing, to be honest. You never find anything amusing, though. <clears throat> that's true. That's your whole. That's, that's your whole character. That's You're Oscar the Grouch. Man. That's true. Yeah, exactly. You're the straight man. Uh, if you want to get the kind of funny games cast early, you can head over to patreoncom slash games and support us there, just like all these people did in the month of January. Thank you so much for your support. You go over there, you support us, you let us live our dream. Plus, you get early access to the show's exclusive episodes and a whole bunch of different perks. If you have no bucks to toss away, it's no big deal. Head over to YouTube.com slash games where we post the show topic by topic, day by day, until the entire thing posts as one big MP3 and video. So now, we can get right into it. Firewatch. I thought you were like going to like, like Donkashang me there or something. Like, with the way you kind of like rolled back. I, when, I feel like, Kevin, put this on the shopping Sorry. list, that when we have a lot of people on the show, I do need one of them Drew Carey, Bob Barker mics. Oh, the tiny little the lollipop. You'd love it. You'd love little it. Dot. It's I would, like very I mean, long. Slender. No, I, I know which, what it is. Oh, okay. It looks like Sorry. a really small, tiny <laughs> dick. Think, like, like Slender Dick. I immediately dick. thought, that would be really cool for here. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sure, for you, yeah, for you. For me. When I'm not using it, you can use it. Yeah? Yeah. So you're talking about it. How weird is it right now? Because we're recording. This will yeah. post on Friday for patrons. Everybody else, when you know, cheapskates later. How on. weird is it? Um, it's Wednesday. Your I would game say came out Monday on moderately PC. Moderately weird. Yeah. Tuesday uh, on came PS4. Out, it came out Tuesday, Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. see, I don't know how Steam works. Yeah, Steam, Steam works. You just push the button whenever you, you press want. Press a green button and, you did it and then all it goes, and you go, "Oh!" So it's been twenty four hours of people playing the game. Yes. Yeah, what's that like? Really crazy. Yeah, yeah, really cool. I mean, it's over. It's really just overwhelming because we're an independent developer. We are right now. There's eight of us, I guess, in the office, and then a couple people elsewhere. Um, and it's like when you make a game at a bigger place. It feels like all and everybody plays it all of a sudden, and all of a sudden there's like tens and tens and tens of thousands, six figures of people playing it. The noise sort of like hits everyone equally, so you can kind of like it's oh there's two hundred people, so we're all kind of like 
hit it, get it. Hit oh, when you're on, when you're on a big team yeah. or a big studio. Yeah. No, it's like when you're seven, you're like, oh my god, it's like crippling. <laughs> There's nowhere for it to go. You Everything. can't diffuse it. All like the highs are really high and the, yeah. the lows are really low. It's like oh, it's not running on my computer. Like that stuff. You're like, you just take so personally. But sure. then like, you get the email. It's like I just finished it and here are my thoughts. It's just too much. It's too loud. I am overstimulated. That's how I feel. That said, there's a lot less weird bureaucracy slash sort of just ambiguity about like, can we patch? Can we fix a thing? People have found something and just being able to yeah, put it nice. out. Just like, boop. Yeah. On, especially on Steam, it's incredible. Although um, we've... I, I've never been as like close to a Steam release as this because I'm used to working at, like, at Telltale where I used to work. Yeah. Um, and I found a really amusing thing, which is when your game is live on Steam and you want to put an update up to it, it has like a drunk test where you have to type the word Steamworks in and press enter before you can submit the form. Nice. Yeah. So I, it's, you know, they're looking out for you at Valve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of really barriers mean entry. It's Safety. 2 a.m. Do you really mean to be emailing Sharon right now? And you're like, I know. Steamworks. I don't. Steamworks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Xworks when you want to text your X. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's just been really great. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's like there's no like relief moment because you're just the game's alive and people are playing it and you're you're reacting to that. So I don't know when we're going to go to the office and it's just going to feel like a normal day again. Sure. But uh, it's crazy. It's been so well received. What do you know so far <laughs> about numbers? It's been, what, 28 hours, I guess, since yeah. it's been released? Um, we don't really talk about numbers too much publicly, but the game paid for itself already. Which is pretty cool. Not too shabby. Yeah, so that's nice. Um, so you can stop buying it. You're, we're good. Yeah, oh, so we're, now yeah, you're giving fine. everyone the green light to go pile. Yeah, you're fine. You're, you. you're good. Oh, please don't do that. That sucks actually, <laughs> because now I have numbers on that actually, and that is a nightmare. It is crazy. It is crazy. How do you get numbers on that? You just go look at all the different seeds oh, torrent and sites torrent sites. sites. Mm, okay, you just go okay. look. Go try to pirate your own game, and you go like, oh, you know. Oh, you assume God. that those people were just never going to play it. Yeah. But it's still like a staggering number. Sure. Like it's a staggering double digit. There's a lot of people of who all. are never going to buy your game, but will still beat it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> oh, it's, well. a, it's, I mean, what do you do? You know. It's, it is what it is. You can upload their, they can upload their photos through the cracked version to firewatch.camera and then realize they had such a good time. They can pay for their photos to be mailed to them and get us back on the back end, which would be nice. So here's yeah. the thing. You're talking about all this crazy stuff right now. I want to dial it back and talk a little bit about Please do. where Firewatch comes from, but then also Campo Santo. Because I remember last time you came through, you, uh, the first time I ever met you, not last time, I guess, but the yeah. first time I ever met you, you came into IGN, big dick swinging around. Oh, just Here's just Walking thunderous. Dead season one. <laughs> I'm going to get interviewed by Greg Miller. It's, you know, it, was during, it was during Judgment Day when we had all these. I remember that. Yeah, that was there. fun. And I remember I was like, oh, man, he's got his life put together. You were like in a little <sighs> suit jacket and all this other stuff. I wasn't wearing his suit and jacket. And then you quit. <laughs> You look like a prim and proper baby, and then you quit. What was, <laughs> and then we, what was happening there behind the scenes? Because you were over there, too, obviously. Were you yeah. guys just, like, ready for a new challenge? Yeah. I mean, mostly. Jake, what do you, how, yeah, I mean, I... How do you always answer this question? I... It's been a while since I talked about this, actually, because we've just been heads down on Firewatch. But, I mean, I was at Telltale for about eight years, and I was there, not from the beginning, but I was there starting with the second Bone game, which was, like, the third thing they put out. And I kind of felt like, after shipping Walking Dead Season 1... I like it wasn't actually that I wasn't enjoying my time at Telltale, but I felt like at, at that point I was one of the creative directors at that studio and I just wanted to be in a situation where I was learning all the time again. Like, mm -hmm. the you know, I started off 
Telltale was my first job in the games industry, and I started off like hired as a forum mod and community moderator, and I uh, worked up over about eight years to being a creative director, which was an incredible. That's the path. That's a, no, no. That's what you want to do. That no. is the most. That is the most <laughs> yeah. insane trajectory in the entire yeah. world. I that's and the path everyone thinks they they want. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but the I mean, every single thing that I did there was learning something completely new. And then I got when Walking Dead season one ended, I it was like the next logical step was Walking Dead season two, and it was interesting, but not nearly as interesting and not sure. nearly as crazy as saying this seems like an opportunity to go and try to do something where I know n- nothing except maybe some parts of how a video game is made, but not the majority of them and definitely not starting a company and doing your own thing from scratch. So that- we know that we know that drive. You know what yeah. I mean? That was yeah. our thing, I think, is that we had been at IGN so long and gotten to this point where it was like, well, what's next? What's yeah. the next step for us? Yep. And when you looked outside, that's what it was. It was hey, this room right here. This room, this table. <laughs> yeah. We're like, let's take a giant step backward. Shut <laughs> Into my bedroom. <laughs> Spare bedroom. Uh, no, I love it. Um, yeah, that seems all about right. Yeah. Do you no, guys- it was just like, if you get that, that itch to be like, ah, eh, and you don't do it, then it's like, well, what would... We, you know, eventually... Time would have caught up to us really fast. You know, it would have mm-hmm. been like really easy to just stay put and keep you know also you kind of get further away from products as companies grow which is hard like Mm -hmm. unless you really fight to be on them um but even then you get pulled in lots of different directions and it's that's just life at every like company that is more than yeah wait until the day that you find yourself being like the executive manager of kind of funny and you're not actually on any of the shows anymore yeah that'll never happen his ego ego will never allow that to happen yeah a camera yeah, <laughs> I will. I will ruin everybody else's yeah. show. No, but that's but that's something that's very really interesting. Do you guys feel like you could go back to that bigger oh, man. company? I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't know. know. I've ever. So when we were like what a month ago, kind of finishing up the game and didn't really know anything about it. We didn't know anything about our own game really, and like how players would respond to it. We knew what we thought about it, but that doesn't really get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we. Were, I at least was forced to sort of think about like, what if this doesn't work out? Like what's next? Sure. You know? So I think like, okay, like where would I go work? Like where, like where do I, who do I call and say, Hey, who can would I interview? take me now? You know? <laughs> and, uh, that was really hard. Cause it's like Jake was saying, if we want to do something, we do it and we live with the good and the bad. And like, there's no, there's no, we don't have a publisher. We don't have anybody saying, Hey, don't do that. And, if you live in that for long enough, especially when you're making a creative product, you kind of get accustomed to it. You know, like if a if we get an email from uh, Sony or someone and they're like, we thought, it, you know, not that they would do this, but like we get an email from anyone external that says, we think it'd be a good idea if you did blank. Like our first reaction is always just like, no, <laughs> like you can't tell us what to do. Right. So then going into a structure is, I don't know. I think that'd be really hard. At the same time, like, it's really fucking sky. Since we're on this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Whoa, Kevin, mom's sweet. She's yes. great. What show is on? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, one F word later. We good? I got it out. Okay, it good. Out. I'm ready. Um, well, there's, I mean, there's pros no, and cons, right? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's really fucking scary when you're, there's no, no barrier mm-hmm. to the point where we're like, okay, if this game doesn't do well, like, do we let everybody go? Do we liquidate the office? Like, think about that stuff. Like, it's crazy. 
where it's like, oh, if I was working at a big company or I was working at like a large size developer or even a mid sized developer that had, you know, a good it, publishing it's deal. It's someone else's problem at someone, that point. Yeah, it's just someone else's problem. But now, I don't think I, re- I appreciated that enough as an employee, by the way. I don't think anybody can. It's impossible to. But like, I don't think I appreciate it. There's a lot of stuff that having people that can mitigate tech support having pr people like doing all that stuff yourself is really yeah. interesting and also <laughs> makes you go man there are people who are really good you at got, that job yeah. you guys are on the other side of the mirror where it's the same thing for us where yeah, yeah like when we got out and it was like all right how are we gonna have health care and we all just looked at nick and yeah, it's like i, I guess like, i'll figure I'll it figure out like, I don't thanks know. obama i guess <laughs> <laughs> no, no thanks obama yeah. but no but yeah that, that is <laughs> jesus um, let's let's, let's right. open that vein. i was on <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> the call i was on a three-hour call with him yesterday um <laughs> with obama he's like look yeah, with uh, obama i was like yo well it looks just like you're on a call with his care with with my the health care uh, that we that we now have, which you can if you can call it that. This is it's the more podcast like, we'll take your that money everyone has been nothing. waiting to hear about. Yeah. Like, let's hear some people who these people who, who have their own businesses talk about businesses. healthcare. <laughs> well, no, but but, that, but, yeah. but that leads into the bigger the bigger thing, right? Because that that is part of the fear that you take on, right? Like all of all of those different departments, like we talked about, like you don't have HR, you don't have accounting, you don't have yeah. legal. Like you, you might have a legal person. I don't oh, know. we got lawyers. You got just, we have it, lawyers. There's eight of you, seven of your lawyers. The one person's like designing. We do actually. Only piece of advice I would give. It's like, oh, I want to go start my own developer as well. Get a good lawyer. Step one. Like figure out who you're gonna like how you're who you're gonna work with. Sure, whatever. Doesn't matter. Get a lawyer. Get your get a good lawyer and just pay them and do that. And if you can't afford to do that, figure out a way to do it or don't do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I've realized early, I've realized that yeah. point as well as get a good uh, accountant. Like someone who yeah. can actually take care of you know, making sure you're not getting thousands of dollars of bills when you're not paying things for the government and they come take all your money and yeah. lock Colin up and take him away and deport him back oh, to man. Canada. Oh man, that would be such a bummer. Right. The island, where are you from? What? I'm, not, I'm not Canadian, so you're they can deport right, me. Well, I'm natural born. Are you? Yeah. So I, no, I, can relate, I can relate to what you guys are saying in the sense that, <laughs> you know, something you said resonated with me, which was like, you can never, you know, or at least in anyway, you can never really go back. Like once you've crossed the line mm. to do your own thing, it's, people say that to us all the time. Like, would you ever want to go back to your old jobs? Or would you ever want to, it's like, I would never want to not do this you know because this is it's scary it's super scary but it's freeing and even though it's uncertain we have all the power like everything that fails or succeeds is based on the five of us so i wouldn't trade it for the world i would never want to go back to like the corporate world ever again you know ever it also feels like going back would be like it's like you live in this time now where like you can do all this like you guys are just doing all this Mm. it's just working it's gonna go on the internet like it's just the thing you're just doing the thing you should be doing with no extra stuff and i think it's almost like like i don't know what it's like i don't know what the metaphor is but to not do it feels like like really bad (laughs) it just feels like (laughs) it just feels like this maybe is a rare time you know like who knows what the landscape will be like for independent developers or like independent content creators in 10 years or in 20 years but right now you can do yeah yeah, you can do it tomorrow you know and that just feels like to not take that opportunity at least for us, felt sort of like shameful. Or so, how did the conversation begin for you guys? You're I both at Telltale, shame. and you're you're <laughs> finishing season one, and you start being like, "Well, what comes?" I'm then wondering about what happens next, and you're like, "Me too." Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think like Sean and I were housemates at that time, and we just yeah, all, like, so. and we were we did the Idle Thumbs podcast together, and you just always talk about weird ideas that you have, and then we sort of realized as Walking Dead was finishing up that we could maybe actually make that real. Mm. It did really help that we. Um, Michonne and uh, our friend Chris, Chris Ramo, who's also on Idle Thumbs, that like just in the middle of Walking Dead season one, we did the Idle Thumbs, we did a Kickstarter for Idle Thumbs, and we were able to raise enough money to rent a permanent recording studio, turn that into an actual business, 
and like a, a tiny weird one, but you know, like that <laughs> yeah. that that was enough to sort of make us go, oh, actually, I think we could do a way more outrageous version of that and actually try to start our own company to make video games. Like, sure. you know, we had had that taste and that coupled with Walking Dead doing well and coupled with us just always bouncing dumb ideas off each other meant that it just sort of, I don't know. It Yeah, I don't really, there was no sort of, appeared, of like... It kind of just appeared slowly. Like, there idea. was no like, let's go to lunch and talk about it. It was just sort of, yeah. I don't remember not having the idea, I guess. So like, what was the, I mean, for us, it was it was a little bit of a process too. There was never one moment where we were like, this is happening. But was there oh. a defining moment where you were like, fuck, like, okay, we're all going to do this. Like, yeah. this is actually going to happen. Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, like, I don't know how interesting this is, but I do remember that we were working and we had kind of, we were tip, like putting our toes in the water of like this idea. And then we kind of hit is a the point. the idea of Firewatch? No, just leaving. Okay. Of just leaving. Of, we didn't even have the name Campus Center or anything. We had nothing. Um, and I remember, and I, something, a project came up um, at Telltale and we were brought in on it really early, which is great. And it was really, really exciting. And it was totally secret. And I remember having to go to the first meeting with for it and going like, I don't feel like I should go to this meeting because like my heart is Not like, either. I've already, I'm already out. So Jake and I like just <laughs> got together and I was like, do you feel this way too? And he's like, yeah, I feel this way too. So then it was like, well, this is the moment where we have to just go talk to people and say, Hey, we actually don't know if we should go to this meeting because we think we're going to try to start our own company. And uh, that but, was like that, but, that gut feeling of like, that would be really shitty if I went to this meeting right now. Um, we ended up going. It was great, and like we were. But like, we gave him all sorts of bad ideas. No, to send no, him no back. I mean, we, uh, we, we went, but people had the knowledge already that we that we were planning on leaving. Yeah. So we just felt like it would it would have been really like dishonest, I guess, of us to be there as creative creative representatives of Telltale when our heart was already in another place. And that that, that was totally the turning point. You're right. I yeah. I forgot about that. That's really awesome, though, because you guys, I mean, not many people would actually listen to that voice. A lot of people would listen say... Listen to the voice. Always listen to the voice. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it's dangerous, right? Because yeah. you guys were at a place to, like, you know, where either financially or technically you guys could go make your own game, right? So, like, you can't... If you're just out of college <laughs> and you're like... Are, are either of those true? I don't know. Well, I, uh, but, but, I mean, you we had didn't know, you We had didn't know if either of those things were true. Like, I will say that much. We were definitely like, oh, I think we might get fired right now. Like, I remember being like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, are we going to get fired right now? And obviously it's like, no, like if you work for people who aren't crappy and we didn't, we work for good people, they'd be like, oh, well, thank you for telling me this. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was going to yeah. say. That's an awesome thing for someone to say, like recognizing that and then taking the step and saying, I'm it's actually better for the company if I leave. If they can bring in someone that's super fired up about the brand and actually wants to work on this other project, yeah. whereas my heart's not in it. So, you know, I, you guys, I, I've only known you for approximately 30 minutes, but you don't seem to be the kind of people that would half-ass it regardless. But at the same time, if you don't have passion for the project, the project's going to suffer to some right. degree, right? If you're like, oh, fuck, we got to go to another one of those meetings for this thing that yeah. I don't really want to be doing this, then that game's going to suffer or that project's going to suffer. So you guys, any good boss should recognize that and be like, thank you. Good Godspeed. Let's get yeah. people in here that'll actually burn the midnight oil for me. Yeah. Know? That process was all really healthy, I think. Um but it was really scary. <laughs> like yeah. we didn't have any sort of like concept of how we were going to pay for the game or, or ourselves until we were like living on our savings accounts and doing contract work. I can like, it's really weird to do contract work for like mobile game studios in San Francisco. It's very and what weird. would that entail? It's like making art and doing stuff or making levels. Design. And we were doing just like design and a lot of creative directions and story pitches for, for various, various gotcha. San Francisco phone and social game companies. I did sure. a couple like script revs on like 
games that are out now on consoles that I'm not, or my name's not on, <laughs> you know, like sure, sure, stuff sure. like that. You know, you get kind of called in to do stuff like that. So it, it, is the idea to leave and the idea for Firewatch, are they one and the same for the most part? Is it that you were, we want to we started kicking around this game and you're like, well, we want to make that ourselves. I think we had, we had some just sort of nebulous ideas in our head for things that we wanted to do, but it was more, let's try and do something on our own that we can come up with from scratch without, you know, like just, and see what shape it will take. Yeah. It was like, we know the things that we're, what our skills are. And that's really the only thing we were ever green lighting. We were always mm-hmm. just like, okay, if Jane comes on board, the game is going to like the art in the game is going to feel and look like this way. And this is the sort of stuff we can build. And this is this, like the this stuff that's really in our wheelhouse. So that's just what that will be part of what Firewatch is. Yeah, there was like, never like a pitch of like, this is the big idea. We didn't have to like stand in front of a publisher. I mean, and go like, we did stand in front of a couple of publishers. We didn't have to go and stand in front of a publisher and go like, this is what the game will be exactly. We just sort of kept hiring people and bringing people on. Yeah. yeah I think we, we, one of the ideas that we were kicking around right when we were first starting this up was this idea of a game with the setting of a fire lookout tower. And one of the first people we talked to about it actually was Ollie Moss. And he, like, I think part of the reason that, that Firewatch out of sort of just the, like nebulous cloud of concepts jumped up so hard uh, as as a project we were really considering once we once we started was that Ollie got super excited about it and like before like we went to sleep and woke up the next day and he had already like drawn a bunch of sketches for what ended up actually being the first piece of key art that we put out but like months before that like just yeah. he and he just he just did some like scribbly drawing of a guy in a lookout tower with trees going off into the distance and the word firewatch with the badge logo and he's like this and we're like uh yeah I guess that's I guess that's what it is I guess that's what we were talking about uh, yeah. and that was that's the way the whole development's been you know like Chris Remo comes on and we don't have a plan for like sound or music and like large chunks of the game are designed and he's like this maybe and we're like up uh, yep that is what it was good that's what it is that's exactly. what I meant. you nailed it that's exactly what we're talking yeah. about good job and that's the whole development of the game like it's gonna be really exciting to make another game where a lot of the th- like we don't have to build a team from scratch mm-hmm. and we can sort of explore before having to say yes because like when we uh signed the deal with panic panic's a software developer in you guys probably know this but they're a software developer um in oregon that makes um this this is their uh ftp client called transmit (laughs) and they make other very like really high quality mac software our game was funded by a mac utility and productivity software company yeah so okay uh, awesome so we were just like <laughs> we, we like said this is the idea for firewatch it's gonna be like i you know we did story and character stuff at telltale like that's my strength it's gonna be first person it's gonna be uh, a mystery story probably and probably we don't yeah. have like we've been building stuff but we don't really have anything yet because like we're just learning how to use unity so we kind of yeah that was the pitch really and they said well we just want to like yes like whatever you guys make we're we want to have money behind and we went like well that's cool so and yeah, we had really a lot cool. of and a lot of other stuff came through like really well with them like we just had a lot of the, the same um principles but uh it also helps that i made skins for their popular mp3 player in the year 2000 i'm sure that was a <laughs> that big was the deal. big deal that, big, that locked it down it jake's off, yeah. audion skins um <laughs> it was surprisingly helpful that i knew those guys from that, actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh you know, now the next game, it probably won't be that way. It'll mm-hmm. probably be, we'll just like, we won't have to like bring an idea around as much, um, depending on who you're if saying we have a that now. But yeah, I don't know though. <laughs> like, we'll probably just like start working on something and it'll just be a totally different process now. 
because mm-hmm. we have a company and like you know it's we're well, already building now like a record right I mean before it was you guys had worked on these games and these people had worked on these games and now you guys have a proof again yeah, this is what this, we did this is dumb but it also helps that everyone already has chairs and a desk and a computer yeah, yeah that's no, a that's, big help. it's not that does not it's, <laughs> yeah. that is and that makes like, a lot of sense there's like a server that you can check game content into and we all have game engines that we know like how, to use. how many fights you know, did you have about which microphones you were gonna buy a lot well not fights it was six months of greg going can we get the mics that don't cover all of our you faces have this mic that like, was just like this big that was just Fuck, i don't know because <laughs> i'm not like none of us are audio engineers right, right. so basically you you have to go online and trust that there's a lot of people that say these are good and everyone else uses these and let's let's try them you know and then but that could have been really bad for us because they're expensive but it worked out because they're really good mics yeah. so i mean i feel that pain of like all that energy that goes into setting it up, you guys don't have to deal with anymore, right? Now you can just sort of like... You can evolve. We don't ev- have to like right. create from scratch. You don't have to have like the big bang moment. We can just sort of like... Do you feel evolve. like that's good? You're going to lose a little bit of the edge though because you don't... Good. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I hope we lose some of the edge. The edge is hard. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I have no idea, but I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Like it was just... To losing your edge? Well, I'm looking forward to just the different process. I'm looking forward to like... I mean, we built, built Firewatch and... Uh, shipped on uh, Steam and console on PS4 and set up a company and everything in like 25 months and I'm excited to have 25 months to make a game and not do all the other stuff where like I was dumb I have like we hired this uh, this guy Gabe who ended up becoming just sort of like office coordinator like just like the glue of like the of shipping a game like He's not a producer, but he does like QA and he does like this makes the company work. And like, I refused to hire someone like that for the first year plus. That was so dumb. I was just trying to save money. And like, I was like, I just got to learn to do it all. I got to do it all. Yeah. And now it's weird. There's like little tiny parts of the company. Like, I'm not quite sure how that runs because Gabe's here, (laughs) you know? And like, that's a really weird feeling. But for the first year and a half, I refused to have that feeling. As Gabe starts coming in with nicer and nicer suits and like, (laughs) it's like, I think Gabe is embezzling money. (laughs) Tesla. (laughs) Gabe, you have a driver? (laughs) No, but that's, but that's, but you know, that, that is crazy because there's more, the more you relent that control, the, the, the. The more you have to be a little more strategic, you can't be as hands-on, right? We brought Kevin on, and Kevin's been awesome, but now we have people that do our web design for us for kindoffunny.com, and it's like every person you bring on has their own skill set, but it also... It brings a level of anxiety where you're like, fuck, I don't know what they do anymore, and like... You I have to trust people yeah, that work sucks. with you. It's weird. It fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I trust. hate trusting Kevin. He's a he's a very trustworthy person. Look at him. He's like he's in the bathroom right now. Looking at us. <laughs> that's that's yeah, why I don't trust you, him. You're yeah. like, yeah, we hired Kevin. That's the one he gets up to he leave. He gets up and just crosses in front of the game. Like, that's that's it. Though, like you basically have to trust anyone you hire with anything you can think of, and when you're small, and uh, that is a really good thing to learn, and it feels really good when you have people that you like can trust and i think like that's something that's like we have to keep reminding ourselves is like i've definitely been in work situations where i didn't feel trusted and like that's the worst it's the worst situation so making sure that like you bring in people who like you ultimately trust implicitly across every phase of the the company um is like absolutely is this like the only important thing i think if you do that and they know how to make games (laughs) um you'll probably make a pretty good game yeah yeah you don't know. It might not be what you think it's going to be, but it'll be good. You know. Hi. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm, I'm quite well. Thank you. So my question about all this is where does the is it you who comes up with the idea of Firewatch or is it going to be this guy watching out for fires? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, where did that like, spring from? That's, that's such a weird idea. It's great. Don't get me wrong, but weird. I, I 
Jake was my roommate, and I said, I'm kind of hammering on this stupid idea. And by hammering on an idea, I mean it's like sitting at my computer and like writing stuff and Googling mm-hmm. stuff and just mm-hmm. looking just like, I don't know. And I said, I have this idea for maybe like a puzzle game, and you live in this fire lookout tower. It's not a puzzle game. Firewatch is not a puzzle game. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, and Jake said, that's cool. And then that was just one of the ideas that was on the board when we were looking at what's the sort of things we would make. So it was, that's like the theme and we didn't quite know what the mechanic was until like Ollie and Nell showed up. Uh, but we were like, if we make a first person game, which is what we really wanted to do really badly, we knew we wanted to make a first person game. Uh, then Why? that'll be the set. Just cause it was different than what you were doing before. I guess we both play a lot of them and like them. Yeah. I mean, I mean like some of my favorite experiences in v- gaming are like compelling single player first person worlds like sure. i love half-life portal dishonored mm-hmm. bioshock you know i even um, like just like really muted like and stuff like far cry 2 yeah i like like uh stalker or like daisy you know daisy is mm-hmm. obviously like yeah crazy and, but in the early days of daisy it was just like really kind of boring most of the time and I really liked that. And I'm like, I'm not like, let's make a boring first person game, but I like just the tranquility of trying to start this farm. <laughs> yeah. And this zombie I like being out. I like just being in a space in, in first person, like Half-Life two is one of my favorite games of all time. Half-Life. And just like the things, all the challenges that came along with trying to tell a story that way were exciting to me. Um, it just feels when you're in a first person ex- like game and the story is working and the environment is working, it transports you in a way that like, I just, hadn't been when playing an adventure game since like full throttle maybe um mm-hmm. yeah and i just hadn't i was like just so hungry to like try to do that i, I think. think also the way that the way that you receive information as a player in a first person game where there's another person who's talking to you is always i think is really unique to the, like if you think about glados or alex vance or atlas or shodan or whatever um the way that your brain like processes the first person stuff coming in as well as that voice in your ear is a feeling that I just love. And I think it is really unique to first person games. And when, when we like, I think if there was any ambiguity that firewatch would be first person or not, which I don't think there was, it was, no. it was once the radio thing came in, it felt like it, it all really made sense. Cause mm-hmm. having that, having a first person game with that voice, but you could talk back and forth to them all the time. And that was, the, the input in the game like that just did a lot of stuff that I think we were both really excited about. So then you get moving, everything's going. Does it all go according to plan? Like, is it is is it as easy yep, as you perfect. want it to be? Yeah, nothing <laughs> nothing happened along yeah. the way. Breezy twenty five months. But I mean, you know what I mean? Were <laughs> like, there, like, were there moments machine. of like, fuck, are we gonna make it? Kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think we ever thought that the game was gonna just like spin out and not happen. But there were places. Yeah, I never thought we wouldn't ship. There were places where we were like, "This is gonna take longer than we thought it was," or like we were putting too much effort into this part of the game, and it turns out that's not quite as what the game is about in the way that we thought. Or you know, you yeah. just keep revving on the story over and over again, like you do with anything that's story heavy, no matter what medium you're in. And I think that's cool. Yeah, accurate. Like misplaced energy happens mm. a lot where you're like, I think this thing's more important than it is or less like, or vice versa. And then um, we were lucky coming from Telltale and I, we were the only, we're the only people who come from Telltale at Campo Santo. So I feel bad for everyone else. <laughs> but like, we just like shipped stuff all the time. We were just always finishing episodes and it was always really uh, tense and it was always like 
tomorrow the game is going to look 50% better than the next. And it, sure. it was just like... Thank doing, goodness they've slowed that pace down since you left and taken on fewer projects. <laughs> yeah, I have no comment. Um, and uh, uh, that was really healthy because I just never built... It's like having shipped a bunch of products, I never felt like we weren't going to ship this one. Mm. Yep, Because like I'd look at it and go like, oof, we got a little ways to go, but like I've been on this journey 10 times, yep. you know, or whatever. That said, it, 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 it was really different on Firewatch after working at Telltale for so long because at Telltale you do ship all the time, but once the first episode, whether it's, even if it's a season two, but usually when it's the like the pilot of a new Telltale series, you spend a lot of time on that. And then once that's locked in, like the track is basically laid out in front of you as far as the mechanics and as far as like how the presentation of the game works and you hopefully have your story lined up and you just have to sort of riff inside of that space. Whereas with Firewatch, it's still like it, it's all out there as a, as a complete game until the very end when it goes boop and you're like, Oh, it's done. Okay. We completed the entirety of Firewatch as opposed to like you ship a part episode. one. Yeah. Like if you ship tales from the borderlands episode one, it's like you've established all the things that are going to be in Tales from the Borderlands, basically, until you get cheeky and bored and start subverting it in later episodes. But you still like there's something there to subvert. Um, whereas, yeah, you know, it also like it also spreads out the anxiety a little bit. I think, like, I didn't feel <laughs> you, like when, this. when you when you ship five episodes, you have five small peaks of anxiety instead of yeah, one, one giant bad, anxiety like, mountain. Weird. You know, like I wrote. <laughs> Um, you know, I write an episode or something and like be like, ah, people didn't really like that one, you know, and I'll be like, ah, I'll get him back next time. Sure. You know, sure. um, it was, that was always really nice <laughs> as opposed to like the feeling I have now, which is like, can we just make another game now, please? <laughs> like now I had my one shot. And so anybody who's disappointed, uh, yeah, you know, it's like see you in 24 months. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, gosh, who knows? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like also, I mean, I just think we were so lucky to go through that, you know, like. I was at Telltale five and a half years. I love that bird, by the way, that's in your... That's very Very good nature. nature I love that bird out there. I don't know if you can hear that bird. a big park over there. Someone's got the kind of funny nature pack running in the background. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, like, I was on... I was at Telltale for, like, 70% of the schedule of, like, Bioshock Infinite. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I could have just shipped one game in all that time. Yeah. And I feel like that would have... Oh, great game. But I feel like it it was good to ship so much. It was really helpful. So then what has this week been like at the office? Like, is it, like, it's submitted, you're ready to go. Is it chill out? Is it interviews? No. Is it? It's everything. Lots of PR like this. Um, you got to do this. Got to get out there and sell them copies. Move the no, hustle. It's 19 on Steam. It is actually Firewatch everything. Game.com. It is everything happening at once, and it's not quite what I expected. I thought it would be like the game ships and we go, oh, okay, next is right. post-launch support and PR and stuff. But instead, it was just like, as it got closer and closer, I realized that it was not like a little series of steps, but there was actually just like a huge wall of everything was stacked up at the exact same time. And with a team our size, you know, it is like, okay, the game is 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 either almost out or it's in, it's in period or it's launched and it's like press, support, patches, community management, checking on what everyone's doing. Also getting super stoked about the reception that's been really good and like passing reviews around and then also doing PR and doing follow-up with outlets and... And anything that posting goes wrong, weird stuff right? on the Twitter feed, and then yeah, like support yes. and any any unforeseen weird things. Like and we all. sent out a build for Twitch streamers. It was like just like the first hour of the game, and like we just said we were going to do it, so we had to do it, and then we did it, and it was really smart and glad we did it. It I think it people liked it, but like 
it doesn't run on my computer or like whatever. Yep. Like the link doesn't work or like mm. you sent me the wrong thing. Like we're doing all of that. And, and like I we're already that was really surprising. we're already now working on a patch for the PlayStation version. We've we're putting out updates to the Steam one as you know, when you go from no matter how many playtesters and no matter how many testers you have when the actual world plays your video game. Yeah. It's a lot of people playing. The pre order situation. Yeah, it was great that we pre ordered the game. We weren't thinking we were gonna do that. Um uh, if you look, if you go to Steam right now, there is a sale, <laughs> a lunar sale. So we were like, when we knew that was going to happen, we're like, oh, let's do pre-orders before the sale because like we don't want to, we're worried about that sale. And um, not that it mattered ultimately, but uh, we were worried. So but that was it. That just meant game. like You're the moment, okay. but that just meant like the moment the game went live, we just had like tens of thousands of customers, like mm. So many customers. We went from like, no customers to the people who had pre-ordered our game all having it at the same time. So any, it was just a wave. any weird yeah. GPU that we didn't account for or something. Now we know about it for sure. Yeah, you have hundreds of thousands of beta testers all of a sudden. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, I mean, the game except is that it's not that they're, <laughs> know, it's it not their oh customers. God. Yeah, their <laughs> customers. Like they're like we have like every customer gets like contact. <laughs> so, but so you know, no matter how few support tickets you get, we're de- you definitely feel it because it's people. And also, we just don't have yeah. the apparatus, right? Like, sure. we don't have like a support team down the street. It's like yesterday morning before we hit the button. It's like, does everyone know how to use the software that we're using to do support? To answer support tickets. And it's like, oh yes, good. We are now the, becoming a different company for the next month or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. We're basically a PR and tech support company, even though we were the people who were making the game up until. Tuesday morning. Yeah. And then we're secretly still fixing the game also. Yeah, and then we'll go back to being, you know, we'll you're always these like different companies. You're sort of One day we'll go to being professional people who sleep. Oh, that'd be so And cool. don't do a lot. And yeah. then we're going to go back to making a video game. Sure. Yeah. But we're not there yet. Okay. Yeah. So you, you caught us right in the in the heart of like of the madness. I, I think. probably won't remember this. Uh, it's good that it'll be on the internet because I can go watch good, it. That's like I just view. like this is just not working. It's just funny to me to hear, you know, even though you guys are making games, we don't obviously make games or you know, have those kind of technical skills, but um, or any skill, the, yeah, but the but the, <laughs> but, the but the parallels of just finding a business, learning something from a big company that you had a lot of love for, which is what we where we learned too. Mm-hmm. Um, but also getting away from that that big corporate world and taking what you learned from it and applying it to your own new experience, but never wanting to go back to that old world, even though this new world might in many ways be harder. It seems like it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I think the parallels are quite stark. Yeah, I know. For sure, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really enjoying that this podcast has somehow become like small business theater and it's not where I was expecting this to go. That's what our, well, I like I, it though. The way I thought, This right? is really great. Like, I feel so much better. I'm like way more relaxed now oh. getting just like talking about all this stuff than I was just like, no, no. I walked our, in. Our, audience, <laughs> our audience is great and loves the story behind how a game or a company came to be and ours included. You know what I mean? And I feel like I know from talking to Mitch, like, this IGN spoiler cast, right, will be uh, for Firewatch oh, yeah. is on another level in terms of like I don't want to do that because I want people to know about the game rather. No, than No, I appreciate it. it. This is awesome. Like I'm really, I'm very happy right now. I'm glad. Yeah, where'd puppy go? She, she I locked. I I had a is Kevin lock him up. Oh, it's okay. a billion degrees in here, and I was just sweating balls. Oh, with this you just little had like heater a on top of me. Degrees. You should. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go to the next topic, you should do the third topic next. I think because it makes more sense. Here's what I was thinking. What if I? Okay, so here's I, I was going to audible, but I was going to audible to number four. Where we could all talk about Firewatch with the guys who made Firewatch, including the readers. Well, isn't that... Sure. Okay. And then, okay. then we'll go to topic three. Okay. okay. So here's, the, here's what we're doing. Oh, we're coming up on reader mail. Yes. Well, we're readers. going right to topic two right now, which is oh. if you ever watch the games cast, is normally the final topic where we kick it to you, the readers. But I posted over on kindoffunny.com slash forums that you guys were coming through, post questions there. And I figure, as again, I want you to know, this is incredibly rare where all of Kind of Funny played your game. 
usually it's like this comes around and Colin and I will both play it or Tim and I will play it or Nick will play Xenoblade Chronicles for 15 minutes on a Let's Play. I'm not, yeah, see, I'm not the biggest gamer, but when I saw this and they, they kind of explained the, like what like the, a rough concept of what it is, I'm like, oh, I want to sit down with this. Because, um, I mean, I... I, d- I don't like experiences in games where it's like 60 hours where you have to basically give up a part well, of your life to play come this. To right, come to the right place. <laughs> no, and that, but that's, that's part of the reason why I, why I enjoyed the game is because I was like, oh. See, for me, I come from more of a film background. I come from more of a production background as far as like live action and now animated for some ungodly reason. We decided to do that. So for me to be able to sit down and actually play something that felt like I was in the middle of like an indie movie was really cool for me. I don't know if that was an, an intentional thing for you guys to do or if that's just me bringing my own stuff to it. No, I mean, I think that's valid. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think we literally would put it in those terms, but it's definitely a, a game that's intended to be played in a few sittings and has really deliberate pacing and is really story heavy. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I played it. It, it yeah. took me like five hours to get yeah. through. And I just played through all the whole thing because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was immersed. Um, um, I think like we... I mean, you know this having played the game, so we can just talk openly about the game. I don't want to yeah. spoil anything. Well, yeah, well, can, can you it. talk about can, whatever you're about to say? Can you talk about it without spoiling it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For okay, sure. then I would say yeah. We're gonna keep this is our section where we talk about the game, but we'll keep it spoiler free. Okay, cool. And if we're gonna get crazy, we'll say something. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Kevin's like, <laughs> Kevin's like, I like this idea. Yeah. I just can we take a second to look at Kevin's leisure post? Today? Just the chillest what, man on what, earth. What did you do to your hand? Did you punch something? Who did you punch? What was his name? What did he say to Paula? You saw if I if somebody makes a cat call your girlfriend, you strike me as the kind of Wolverine who would tear him apart, and I like that about yeah. you. What the fuck did you do to your hand? We'll talk about that later. His hand is definitely it's wounded. Gnarled, yeah. Look like uh, you fought a fucking you're like a Leonardo DiCaprio from the Revenant right now. Yeah, All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, sorry I, now I'm drawing attention back to. Um, what was I saying? Uh, you know, so the thing is about uh, games like this. Like this is a game about the. It's really character focused, um, and we wanted to make something that was really character focused, but inside of a plot that was actually happening to you, not like what is the story of this space? Um, uh, not that that's bad. We just wanted to make you sure you used that, the voice like it's I bad. I know. Though. I heard myself do, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had I'm that a one. Pretentious back. asshole. I'm a fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so what we decided to do. Is, uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, uh, the thing is, there's not what's a lot the of, vision of Firewatch, Sean? There's not a lot of games. There's just not a lot of stuff like this. Like, there's just not a lot of stuff that, like, when we're talking about inspirations, uh, we can talk about a lot of, like, mechanical inspirations and how to build the game inspirations. But I'm like, what's it going to feel like? We find ourselves talking about moments in movies a lot. So I think sometimes that comes through in making the game feel yeah, it's often like moments cinema. in movies or moments in games that are absolutely not adventure games and then i and then yeah yeah it's like, and then well, they they combine into an adventure game yeah <laughs> so so i don't know if you want to share but what what were some of the inspirations for you guys like not not necessarily one to one but like yeah there's a lot of moments that like emotions that this game evoked to me that i was like oh this is kind of like i don't want to i don't want to fill anything in no, your brain fine. but yeah. like you know it, it it reminded me a lot of like that that sort of moment in every action game where you're 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 through the thick of it and you get, to, you kind of come out into the vista and you're like, Oh wait, I get to just sort of relax for a second. And this is something oh, intriguing. And this is also like, called my favorite part of every game. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's what was cool to me was I was like, Oh wait, yeah. this is not going to necessarily, I don't want to spoil too much for people, but I'm like, I don't get the sense that this is going to be a game where I'm going to have to deal with a lot of quick time events. You can't you know? like, dual wield in this game. <laughs> yeah. And I liked that. I was like, Oh, Can it instantly know? sort of, it instantly kind of put can't me at ease. It. I was like, Oh wait, okay. This has got a different sense of pacing to this. This is not about action. This is more cerebral. This is more like about being in this world and really kind of 
understanding what it means to be isolated and kind of feel lonely and kind of feel like you're in your own space. Yeah, even we wanted though to, yeah, yeah, totally. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Um, so, we so wanted to what, hit that without being boring. We wanted yeah. to hit that without being like dull or um, we didn't want the game to also feel aware of that itself. You know, like I think sometimes if you're making a first person walk around story game, and I like that better than walking simulator. Yeah, a first person walk around story game. Well, walking it's not a walking simulator. <laughs> walking is just like can get you know you get sweaty and you get you get kind of like well, no, I think, I think it's, 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 it's like, been determined to simulate all that. The stuff. ultimate walking simulator is Quop for sure. So that is Quop is the ultimate. So walking people, simulator. that's a misnomer Quop. when people talk about first person story Play games. Quop. Um, Q W O P Quop. Uh, Everyone knows Quop. Everyone loves Quop. If you're a gamer, you know Quop. Anyone should play Quop. Fun for the whole family. Uh, yeah, we didn't. Um, where was I going? Where's our fun? Go? Oh, move. I was talking about inspirations. Yeah, what were, your, what were your inspirations for this? Things we would talk about include um, Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation, hmm. um, Finch like Fincher thrillers like Zodiac. Not so much Seven, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, was, I just watched Zodiac again like since it came out in theaters. Yeah, that's funny. That's yeah. Early on, that. we when we were trying to explain to people what the game would be like as sort of the feeling of being alone and not knowing what's going on, we talked about Moon a lot. Yeah, oh Moon. yeah, yeah okay. about Moon that's a, a really good. Uh, it's the that's Duncan Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. Duncan yeah. Jones. Yeah, and I mean, so some in some ways you can use like Jack Nicholson's arc in The Shining. Uh, yeah, although he's got his family there, but and it's that, like it's sort of it's just, more like. Yeah, but the, then, the the stories of people who find themselves off in the middle of nowhere and then strange things happen. And yeah. then um, when it comes to Henry and Delilah's relationship, there's also some stuff that we talked about. But Yeah, I, I ended up pulling, or just sort of to get myself in the mode of like, oh, I got to write character stuff now. I <laughs> would look at like the Linklater movies, um, like before, the, the before Sunrise, yeah. all those. Like those aren't movies that are going to like, like the gaming audience and before sunrise is not like a match made in heaven you know so like you always have to know that because you have to know who you're writing for but there'd be times when i would think to myself i love those movies and i've seen them dozens of times and i'm never bored and what i don't remember what they talk about those movies are also like the canonical text for the relationship that you know is fleeting but tell yourself isn't and is inevitably going to end so i just go watch that and just like be with those characters for a while and go like oh yeah that's what that feels like and i wouldn't so much pull out it was never like pull out the technique. Like, how long is are these conversations? Like, what are the sort of things they're talking? Yeah, <laughs> just stopwatch. You know, it was never like that. It was just <laughs> I, literally. I get bored in a minute and a half, so I'll stop it before. That. <laughs> yeah, I get sort of like um like I forget what it feels like to experience it, so I have to go experience it, and then like when I very cognizantly feel something, I just go like, okay, remember that feeling, mm. and then when I go work, I'm just like, okay, make that happen again. Um, but now I don't have the movie. I have this blank page. That's kind of how I work. Like, that's awesome. Almost all that's the time. awesome. Yeah. No, that's that's a that's a perfect sort of reference. That's how point I worked for... on Walking Dead. Like that's how I worked on like I like I sat in my room and I knew what the ending was going to be because we talked about it forever. And I went just like start feeling like that. <laughs> and yeah. Like and it was Stay just like my whole emotion. body starts changing and I literally like I can make myself do it. And I'm like, all right, fucking start working because this isn't gonna last forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, that's insane. Yeah, it's like that. Colin, yeah. What do you want to know about Firewatch? I'm kind of curious. I mean, I I don't. I have questions that are deeper that are going to spoil the game, so I don't know that I should really be asking them. To be honest, do you want to move into spoiler territory? Uh, we can enter a spoiler yeah. zone. Yeah, let's enter a spoiler zone. A spoil zone. Put a spoil zone. Are we going to be in spoiler zone the rest of the show? You think? Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, it's we're just going to be in spoiler zone the rest of the thing. That's so what now, I'm saying. All gloves on. are off now, everybody. 
Take off oh. your shoes, your underwear, and let's get in here. So everything's coming off. Yeah, gloves are off. All all articles of clothing. Actually, are off. everything's off except the gloves. <laughs> really good. Gloves and socks only. Can I, I like take my socks off? Because it's all really right, hot Colin. Here. What do you think? <laughs> so the the uh, I don't know if you guys watched our our video review of, or like our review discussion of it. I watched um, part of it, but it came out a little bit close to the game coming out, and I had to sort of turn it off. Well, I, so, so I don't. I, I didn't, no, that's fine. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be like too redundant on it. Uh, what I was saying in it, and I didn't speak until very late in it anyway. Because uh, I like, I wanted to take in similar to today what everyone else was saying first. But uh, wise, what, wise what, man. One of the I didn't feel like the story had a huge payoff at the end, and that was one of the yep. things that I think is feedback from some people or whatever in terms of the the relationship with Henry and Delilah. Mm-hmm. Was there any intent to let you meet her? Because it seemed like mm-hmm. the, the the ending of the game to me seemed empty without having a resolution with my relationship with her. It seemed like that's all I cared about almost mm-hmm. was was her it wasn't even about and you my had, wife it you, wasn't even about so you had to you felt like you had to see her for the relationship to feel like it I had f- meaning well i felt or, like i felt like i would have liked to have seen her and i felt like that yeah. even though you see did you, you ask s- her to stay i did okay and you were Fuck super yeah, super bummed when she wasn't there because and when we didn't have her in the look at the you can, oh well my yeah, expectation yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sorry my expectation was that she was go like my expectation was that she regardless of the decision made was that she was going to the payoff was somehow going to be like because of the emptiness of the world, even though you see the two girls at the lake sure. and you see the helicopter pilot or whatever and all that you like, you don't really see anyone. So I was expecting that like there was going to be something about her at the end. I mean, was there a consideration that that to some people that might have been the huge payoff? Because actually everything else yeah. in the game to me was totally ancillary and not important. You know, so like, I felt the, what I it was really hard because when I knew the constraint wasn't I mean, it would have been hard to do for sure. But the constraint wasn't there because our animator James Benson is amazing. He was the like only animator on Ori in the blind forest. Mm-hmm. So this guy is a boss, <laughs> you know? So I knew that like, if we, we needed to go that route, we just had to schedule around it and we were going to cut other stuff and she was going to be in the game. And then I remember making Jake and Chris Remo, like consider it. I remember being like, let's think about this. And then every single time we were doing it, it was we were doing it for the reason you're describing. It's like, well, people are gonna want to see her, and I went, yeah, but then what does she say, and like, why is she still there? What does she have to offer Henry? And like, the, the chair ter- slowly <laughs> turns around, and Delilah goes, <laughs> <laughs> "It was I, Delilah, the whole time." He's like, "Yeah, I know." At that point, it's been <laughs> talking to you the whole time. At that point, that's like you. you Delilah turns around and she has to just be the old smoking lady from Team Fortress. Yeah, or some. Well, the thing is, I mean, she can probably be other things. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, she's, nope. just, she's just the administrator. Yeah. Um. Uh. But no, there's, it there's like, it's like things. it's. So the scene where she leaves, where she like says like, "Okay, I'll stay." I was writing that, and I went like, "There's no fucking way she stays." Like this woman has been out here for fifteen years because she is not the person who stays. Like she gets overwhelmed or feels a thing and just disappears. Like that is what she. That is who she is. Like I just spent a thousand pages writing this character, and that is definitely who she is. So how can I give her to the player in like physical form? I'm like, is she dead? How would she have died? That's a weird twist. You know, I'm like, do you see her for a minute? And then she walks away and gets on a helicopter without you? I'm like, then why would the helicopter pilot leave? Like, that's weird. That's fucked up. You know, so you just start, like, go, go. You just like, start sort a of like walking your way through the scene. You try to feel the moment. 
in every, I mean, it's such a cop-out answer. And you probably, if you didn't like the ending, you probably don't like this answer, so I'm sorry. But it just, every scene that I wrote or thought about where you would meet her just felt so dishonest and so, like, fake. It just felt so fake. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think earlier on in the story, like, I mean, over the course of developing the story... I would have to rewrite the story from scratch, I like, guess is what I'm trying Delilah, to say. <laughs> Delilah, when it was just, when the story existed as, like, plot beats as, like, index cards up on a board, Delilah being in the tower came in and out of the story, in and out as we were figuring out what the heck it means. But as Sean said, the more she became a character as we started writing and as sort of we figured out what was her past life like, what is her relationship with Henry, why the hell is she actually out in this job, what is her relationship with, like, the Goodwins, and how does that affect her? And it just, like, it, it, the idea that she would be there for, like, it just kind of boiled away over time. And I was kind of hoping, like, the disappointment of her not being there would map to what Henry would feel like like all this dude wants is to like feel better that's like all he fucking wants he's had such a like life has sucked for the past 10 years and he just wants to feel better he like took the job to feel better he just wants to feel better and he has no tools to do it but then delilah made him feel better and like when she can't make you feel better anymore and it sucks and it's disappointing it's like yeah like that's who this like that's the point <laughs> you know like yeah well that's what yeah. I was that's what I was you know in, like when I when I immediately finished the game last week I remember talking to Greg it was late at night and I was like it, we talked a little bit about it but we didn't want to talk too much about it to spoil the video we were going to do but I was like I left disappointed because even though there like his, his nothing else in my mind was relevant like in the way going through the story, like the time, the setting, anything like his wife. And because I was like, I was so fixated by this relationship. Yeah. And but then the more I thought about it and like and thinking about it now, the the emotion that the game evokes in me is sadness and disappointment, which is not necessarily a bad thing, because when I beat Journey, I was hysterically crying and I didn't even know why. Yeah. You know, like, but like, and that's not it's a positive. So that's not a positive thing. So yeah. like, what I guess what I'm wondering yeah. is like, and I'm not saying that necessarily in a negative way where it's like not every game needs to uplift or give you what you want. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was like my own baggage of my own expectations. Because I, valid, I, though. I mean, be, I'm well, not, I'm because not criticizing like, your reading of the game. Oh, no, no, not, I understand that. Uh, what I'm saying is like the like the whole arc with the boy and the dad or whatever. I was like, this is fine. But like. Really, I only care about these two, and so, and I'm that's wondering actually if if that's relevant, if that was actually a relevant thing to other players, because like, I feel like when I talk about it a little bit, and especially with the five of us, I feel like I was the only one that actually felt that way, you know. Uh -huh. So it's like maybe it was my own, it was like my own just read of the game. Yeah, I mean, every that's the thing, right? That's the sort of fun of fiction, is that you know, like it just hits you. You want you just need you have just different needs as a human being. You have a different emotional need every moment about what you're gonna pick up on and what you're gonna leave behind because like you have to function that way, otherwise you just explode. Um it's it's and it's peculiar. Yeah. I think it's it's interesting to watch people's responses to Firewatch because it I mean, okay, I'm gonna say a thing that is dumb. Firewatch ah, Firewatch is a video game. Um <gasps> but I because Sorry, and because of that, on that one. It, you have a different relationship than you do with a film that you watch or a book that you read. Right. Um, but like, obviously, from the very beginning of Firewatch, our goal was... Are you stealing from the prize pack of yeah, Colin and Greg Live? I was going to steal for this. Keep we have plenty of few spirits, shirts, and hats. You I didn't steal. mean to interrupt you. Oh, it's okay. I mean, we... I just realized it's, it's so cold in here. Though. It's really not cold in here. <laughs> we... Um, you know, from the beginning, where with the with the the text based intro that's in the second person saying, you do this, you feel that, you react this way, we're trying very much to have this very specific character of Henry and then having you who are obviously 
not Henry, and in most cases, I imagine, have not a lot of direct things in common, but try to get you as the player and Henry sort of enmeshed and in the mm. same emotional space. And as the as the relationship builds, we want you to feel like you have investment in that. And as the weird mystery builds for you to sort of fall into this paranoia hole the same way that Henry does, where you're like, what is happening? I don't know what's going on. Who's she talking to? On the and room? I think I, yeah. what I am seeing that is interesting to me is watching... I think some some of people's disappointment um, or feeling of sadness or frustration or whatever, people who don't have a, a universally positive response to the ending, is that that enmeshing happens, and then when Henry gets fucking bummed that Delilah's not there, it actually breaks for some people, and it's been it's been fascinating to just to watch that response and to watch people come to grips with like why am I feeling the thing that I'm feeling and it and I don't know how to relate or how to uh, say that that is a how successful or unsuccessful we were or the game was or how valid or invalid people's responses are or whatever but it's it's been really just actually fascinating to me to watch the way that people are going through that experience yeah no adam mott over on kind of funny.com slash forums posted on the thing he said some people are upset with the abrupt nature of the ending personally i found it gave some sort of open weightfulness and that greatly added to my enjoyment. Due to this, I was able to make my own assumptions regarding what happens when the game ends. Instead of making a quote-unquote canonical, canonical ending, you have allowed every player to come up with their own personal conclusions uh, based on the Henry you made. And that's what I kept talking about in our review, right? Is the fact that I feel like, first off, it's crazy that we all wanted to play this game, and we all did, and then we could all sit down and talk about it, let alone the fact that we all came away with something different. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, because when we do all play Metal Gear or whatever, right? And, like, sure, we talk about mechanics, this, that, and the other, but we don't sit there and have a 40 minute conversation where it's like, no, you don't understand. That's my- not true. Usually I, it's 40 minutes of me asking you what the hell happened. In right. Well, like, well, here's what's going <laughs> on. Oh, I'm like, don't run in and shoot everything. Sneak in. You're like, that's not how I do it. No, that's not how. That's not she how breathes through her skin. Yeah. You feel ashamed. It makes sense. You feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, here it was, you know, the fact of like my Henry, right? This ownership over it, right? Of like, well, you know, Colin was hung up and I was like, but for my Henry, like, Delilah wasn't the real thing, you know what I mean? Like I always, I kept going back to the fact of like there's that scene, right? I forget what day it is now, but you know, you come to at the desk or whatever, and the wedding ring's on the table, and like oh, I yeah. stood up and I was like, nope, and I picked up the wedding ring and I put it on, oh, right? Nice. Like that's still who I am. Man, yeah. the first the that wedding ring showed up like in the last few months, but the first thing that I like it was it was an, a thing that we'd wanted in the game for a while. Then when it finally showed up, my first playthrough for it, I picked it up, opened the desk drawer, threw it in, and closed the desk drawer. And I was surprised that that actually, one, I was surprised that that worked and really happy as the person making the game. Like, <laughs> ah, yes. But two, worked. I was also just like, oh my God, I just picked up my wedding ring and threw it in the desk drawer, then got up, got up and walked away. It was yeah. great. It was, yeah. Um, but I so definitely think you, that, you put on the wedding ring. Though. Those are yeah, the sorts totally. of things that, that we discovered. Henry. He was still with Jules in that respect. That's nice. An accidental detail that we, that did not happen on purpose, but when the animation, when you get up into the helicopter and Henry grabs uh. it, he looks down at his hand. It means that we always show the wedding ring right at the end of the game. Not on purpose, but exactly. don't tell people yeah, that. No, no, yeah, that's no, no, genius. Ah, no, no. oh, whatever. Spoiler cast. Deliberate. See, <laughs> it was part of. The, it was the original vision of Firewatch. Is you will see a man's hand, and his wedding ring will be on it. Or that was that's how you pitched it. it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Like, maybe it's in space. Maybe it's in a forest preserve. But I have this scene in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like, he might be inside the Hunger Games. Who's to say? <laughs> that's some of my favorite stuff that we discovered about the game, though. Like, there's a bunch of stuff we put into the game that we was just sort of like, well, we have to do this because we said decided we were gonna, and then there's stuff that we discovered like that. Where, oh, like, it's so production light to just take the wedding ring off of Henry and put it on the table. And turn it into a pickup. And just let people, yeah. use all the systems we have to let let people, like, 
do stuff and someone, i kind of want to d- do more of that someone <laughs> definitely on our team carried the wedding ring all the way down to the bottom of the cave threw it at brian goodwin and said we're married now <laughs> you should consider being that person some psychiatric Pretty dark that's, that's the canonical firewatch Pretty, and, then, the and then take and then take and a picture of the photograph no, don't that's even get me started on the photos that um, was the the weirdest fucking yeah. thing of like all oh, right vista vista and then it was like Oh shit! They're trying to pin me this murder on me. I'm gonna capture everything. Yeah, evidence, dead yeah. body, <laughs> evidence in this yeah. room. Nobody's fucking getting me. Yeah, yeah, horror exactly. film played backward. Um, yeah. Let me ask you guys this: Did you did you have a sense that the ending might be slightly polarizing for people? Oh because yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're sort of yeah. not. I knew I'm writing a tragedy basically. Yeah. Is it though? I mean, I don't know. Kinda. Like, what does Henry go do now? I mean, that's the problem though. Like, you've written a, and that, and that was that was the thing that I. That was one of the reasons why I liked the game so much was because it left me with that emotional impact of like, fuck, like everything's in life necessarily isn't going to be okay. Like no, I have to go. It's going to be this. really bad. And Everyone you why, love is going to die. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think, I think you could also argue that there are, like, I mean, I'm but, sorry. I think you could argue that Henry going out and having that experience might have given him a relative sense of the actual level of shit that exists out in the world. And he can go home and maybe have a better relative sense of what his life is. Maybe. I, I mean, like, maybe not. Yeah, I know, I'm not saying that's what's the, what's like, the case. I feel like, that's, like if you're willing to entertain that as a question, like you buy the game, you play it and you get to the end and then you go like, what would I do next? And that lights you, then you sort of entertain the ideas of like, well, if, if I was in this situation or if I just was, I would want to go home so bad to the life that I had before I found a dead child right. in a cave. <laughs> so you're going like, home the the of being, and like, I'm really happy about that life that. doesn't like, exist I, right? I love like, that like I love walking out of a movie there's something that I know and understand back home if that was the see that, that my, I had. my thing was like I left you know profoundly sad right because I put the wedding ring on because that's still who I am and there's still a lot of things yeah. that flash in the pan yeah. but even at the end when she like when I told her to wait and she didn't wait and I'm like I'm angry and then she explains I'm like I understand and she's like you know what happens next or whatever I was like I'm not going I'm not going to Australia you know what I mean uh-huh. I'm staying here I'm gonna try to live my life you should come visit kind of thing uh-huh. and it was just like that like I'm just you know doing the I, I play these games I try to be the knee jerk reaction but it's like I'm still connected to her but to me my wife is still dead and I'm still trying to overcome that you know what I mean yeah 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 The this is an aside I, it sucks to like I guess give ourselves I don't know I don't mean to be self-congratulatory but the read between uh, Rich and Sissy <laughs> When I like they're going to be self-congratulatory, but then instead congratulate the voice actors. Right, we'll congratulate them. But like to the, well, to the who game wrote those itself. fucking words? Am I right? Unclear. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the read when she said he says maybe you could come to Boulder, like the amount of honesty that is in the their performances, I was like the happiest person on earth because it was just the words were simple. Like I just wrote the most simple sentences I could think of, and they communicated everything about what was going to happen next in their relationship with their tone. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, maybe. And you, you hear like, Henry and now. you hear Henry just be like, yeah. And he says it just that like kind of cut off like back of the throat. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, I was just like, so ima- like, it's so like amazed by their skills as actors in that moment. I remember being like, all right, well, I like that. <laughs> Jumping yeah. from the end of the game to the beginning of the game, I wanted to compliment you on that. We talked, we touched on it. Yeah, the your prologue or whatever you want to call it, your intro, right? Because I didn't see that coming, yeah. and then I thought it was so. We didn't, we didn't tell anyone about that really deliberately. We kept showing people day one, and sort of everyone kept calling it the beginning of the game, and we yeah. we were very happy that no one knew yeah. that was in there. Uh, Nick Demarco, 
over on kindoffunny.com slash forum says, I really like the game's beginning, exclamation point. Yeah. It was emotional and gave the game a strong start. What made you guys decide to make it primarily? First, Nick, I like how you talk when you when you write letters. He's very he's very enthusiastic about your game. Yeah. Uh, what made us, what was the end what, before we? Yeah, what made you want, want to make the beginning primarily text-based? Oh, um, we, I made it at the very, like, in October of, like, or September of 2013. Like when we were just like, kicking around ideas to communicate to people, yeah, it was before Christmas because we started in 2014. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was, <laughs> um, wow, God, just and it was to communicate Gross. to like Jane and Jake, just everyone just the on the team. team. Was like, like who's Henry? who is Henry? And it was basically that, except it was you know you a, were just really into like you had just kind of gotten into Twine and you were really into like prototyping stuff in Twine. And then uh, we said, well, maybe we'll like. We got it at the end of it. You finish it and go like, okay, I know how to begin now. Yeah. I know how the game starts. I know how to talk. Yeah, that to was Delilah. actually the the first rev of that uh, that opening twine prototype was sort of actually the thing that I think really helped set the trajectory of the tone of the game. Before that, it was kind of abstract mechanics, setting. We knew there was a lookout tower. We knew you were a guy named Henry and teens, and there were some teens, some rowdy teens, rowdy naked teens. teens. Yeah, um, but that really that really helped the team sort of get centered around that. And then I think. What if we just opened the game with that? Actually, yeah. that came up a little bit later. Yeah, um, Quite, uh, a bit later because we were trying to solve the problem. Okay, we all know this stuff, and when we're building the game and we're writing the story and actually like laying out the levels and the dialogue, we have the knowledge of of having played this this silly text adventure. Um, we know how that, do we give that to the player? Like, yeah. how do we get? How do we package up yeah. that little? How, like, how do we boil down thing? a life? Right? How do, how yeah. do we let yeah. you establish a relationship with Delilah without it feeling like whenever you like start getting flirty, we're like going, "Oh, gotcha!" But you're playing as a married guy, and you didn't know it because suddenly he says, "My wife," and you're like, "Fuck! I didn't know I was playing as a guy or who had a wife." Comes up. His hand comes up with the wedding ring, and you're, you're like, like oh, "I'm a dirtbag." Yeah. So <laughs> we we really wanted. We wanted players to feel like they had knowledge and a little bit of ownership over who Henry was before they even go into the lookout tower so that when they talk to Delilah for the first time, they're like, what would this guy do and what would, sure. I, what would I do mm-hmm. as this guy or how how can I help him out or however the hell peop, you know an individual player has a relationship with Henry. We wanted, we wanted them to feel like from the moment they opened the door to the tower, they knew who they were and why the heck they were there instead of instead of trying to play that stuff off as like weird reveal backstory sure. stuff. For me, it was, I mean, establ- it's what you're doing. It's not only established Henry as a baseline, established my Henry. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cause oh, I, yeah. Also, it ended up being a cool, like, kind of narrative character creator, which right. was really cool. Exactly. And I loved the point where there were, you know, there are no choices, where I just have to select whatever's on screen, right? Like which the outcomes. Is, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is like, this is, happens. This is his life. But then, yeah, getting to make the different things, because I always talk about it, you know, my Henry, I imagine being a Harry Crane kind of guy from Mad Men, right? Of like mm-hmm. upstanding dude, right? Trying to make the right calls and da da da. He's been dealt this bad hand, but Man, I know Harry st- Crane kind of turns into a dick. I, I know, but I'm <laughs> talking about early Harry Crane. Yeah, yeah. the See, good Harry Crane. Harry Crane falls off a cliff. But I'm talking yeah. about, but like talking to like <laughs> trying to play him as this really yeah. lecherous but ultra powerful sleaze. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's that's right, right, right. Early, early Crane. Probably a lot of money, worth a lot of money. Nothing happened back there. No. Nothing. Uh, but when I'm talking to, like, I think I was talking to Mitch or maybe even one of the guys here, right, about how they made different choices, right, and how it's like, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Colin. He fixed it. <laughs> that was the sound of everything getting better. About how uh, if you go this other way, right, and you, because, like, you know, are you going to put her in a home or are you going to take care of her? I put her at right. home, right? I'm trying to make the responsible choices no matter how hard they are on me, right? And then I'm talking to somebody, well, you know, if you, you know, keep her at home, it goes to hell, you sneak out, you get a DUI. And I'm like, I can see that 
that you know other side of the coin of Henry because like meeting him when he's drunk in the bar, I feel like that could have gone two ways, right? Of like, does he have an alcohol problem? I, I mean, my yeah. my Henry's always this blue collar worker, right? He yeah. doesn't have a career; he has jobs he takes on, but he's a good guy. He's trying to make everything go. I think I mean that was important to like illustrate just in terms of the booze thing, like, um, you know, you can like self medicate without being like an addict. Yeah. And I think that was something that was really important to like show in the game uh, or to show in the, in the character. Cause it's just like who he was to me. Like if you don't, in my, in my, he was blue collar. He grew up in, you know, middle America. He grew up in Colorado. Um, I guess technically I had a backstory where he wasn't quite from Colorado, but you know, small towns. Um, and when like, you don't, and in an era like the set, he, you know, the game takes place in 89. So he's like there in the 70s and early 80s. And he just doesn't have, like, you don't have tools to, like, deal with your emotional shit. And a lot of people don't. Like, a lot of people, it's like, I had a fucking hard day. And so I tied one on on a Thursday. Sure. And maybe I shouldn't have done that. But, like, I felt better when I did it. You blew off steam. And I think that's just all part of, like, like the exploration of, like, the game is about a lot of that stuff. Um and that's mostly just because I was thinking about it, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just the stuff that was like floating around in, in my head, at least at the time. But I wanted to be really clear that like Henry isn't an alcoholic, but that doesn't mean you don't. Like, but he he's a quiet boy. When, when he kind of bottoms out there, it's it's part of the picture, though. Yeah. At that moment. Yeah. You know, like he gets his DUI, but like. And I know people who are not alcoholics of DUIs because yep. they're yeah. fucking dummies or yep. just like made a mistake, you know. And I just wanted to make be really clear about that, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm happy where it landed, but yeah. Troy writes another question. Hi, Over Troy. Troy Baker? Forums. No, maybe. You know what? I'll text him after and find out. First, I just want to say I truly enjoyed this game. Great job to you and your team. Thank you, Troy. Throughout playing the Baker. game, you keep finding books. I kept trying to figure out if the book titles meant something. So, do the books you find during the game have any meaning or relation to the story? Thank you for a great story, and I look forward to the next title. I will say... Campo Santo releases. First answer... No, but second answer, sort of. I loved, <laughs> I loved when I found the Gone Home book, and I was like, "Oh, right, oh, yeah, yeah. this is happening in the that Gone Home really universe." Important. I'm such a so, fucking like, loser. Uh, I, I love mean, this. Uh, we're secretly being co-published by Steve Gaynor. No, <laughs> <laughs> False. I, I mean, a ton of the books out there. There's a couple exceptions, but um, a lot of them are really deliberately sort of pot boilery, page turner, thriller, mystery type stories, which I think is partly because that's the genre of especially the middle of the game, but also because I think that's the kind of books that people bring out into the middle of nowhere. You just bring sure, a bunch yeah. of cheesy paperbacks. Sure. Um, the reason there are 10 crime novels with pun names and negative space, weird illustrations Oliver is because Ollie Moss it works on our game and he kept right. drawing them. He, was, um, he would write a pun title and draw, he would create a pun title. He was like, I want to do a series of 10 books by this author, Richard Sturgeon. No, he's like by Dick Sturgeon. And Chris was like, no, no, absolutely not. No, Chris, Chris <laughs> pitched Dick Sturgeon. Oh, and, really? and I shut it down. <laughs> oh, you're so the one who shut it down. I was like, that is too much. Dick <laughs> Sturgeon is Richard, too far. Richard Sturgeon, okay, fine. Uh, so he would write, he would draw one and come up with a name for it. And then I would uh, sit down and go, well, what is the story of this novel? And then I had to like basically write this author like richard sturgeon's career arc where he over those 10 crime books over 10 crime books he like is at the top of his game and then he's sort of got like the the tom he's got like the clear and present danger one that like ends up being a movie sure. and then he just sort of like f finally wraps up his life's work and stops writing novels and that was just world building that stuff's just like world building but, but there, there's no like there's no clues to the mystery all 10 books on your bookshelf which is 
almost po- it is possible it is very hard um a secret door unlocks no it doesn't no nothing no, it wouldn't be fucking cool if it did yeah it'd be yeah. fucking awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tower sinks into the mountain yeah into norad yeah was, yeah was there ever a, a moment where you played around with something that was a little less grounded in reality for the a story like did you ever think oh. like lost smoke monster at some point that's a good question i feel like i feel like we had to have done if it. there was it was like a day talking with Ollie way early on before anything happened, but I don't know if we got super far into it. I mean, I'm sure there was like, oh, guys, I think we have to have a crazy twist, and then it's going and dicking around with it, then going no, no, because I feel like that's the, like that was sort of uh, set up a little bit with the with the research camp and all that stuff. You walk in, you're like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? I mean, and then you're I'm throwing a twist the other way. You know, I think it. So if Firewatch was going to be like a series, like if it was going to be a Firewatch two. I think where is this gonna go? What is it? Like it could have time got, to go back. Then when, you know what I mean? There like, was way more to that research that I know crazy it could have happened. Yeah, you know. Um, but like it would have had to have been three games because like we get to the third hour of the game and we're like, well, we know we have enough money to make another half of a Firewatch. So like the bonkers thing can't be something that can't be wrapped up in an. Yeah, right. I think. Like, but that's not the reason we were deciding that or anything. No. Um. No, I, but uh, I think if Firewatch was a movie, we'd probably have a little bit less of it in there. But if Firewatch was a TV series, and you'd have to expand it out so that Henry was oh, like yeah. spying on Doctor Simmons, university researcher, for three days out in the woods when he grows a huge beard. Or I know, something. I would love that. Oh God, um, we'd have to just pad that shit out. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> and, probably, uh, it's probably better that you don't have the show there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, you just sort of. How many more clipboards can I find that right. has stuff on them? I know we had talked a little bit about. Yeah, there is a study of like this is a psychological test. Of what would that be like? But that's yeah. early, you know. That was like two years ago. We're like, okay. maybe it is a game where you actually are. Oh yeah, being we had observed. we had like a talk about like I know at one point Ollie did like different versions of the Firewatch badge that had different images inside them, and it was like a little more of a lost type of thing. Where like the burned out lookout tower that you find, like, was this the previous version of my weird psychological study? But like, yeah. I mean, that was just. Like it got floated to about that level and then just fell back below the surface of ideas again. And it just kind of felt outrageous. It was like, okay. The, and you know what? Like the like the, the characters are believable. Like the yeah. characters aren't, aren't, not that the characters in Lost aren't believable, but they're genre characters. Characters in Lost are not believable. You know what I mean though? <laughs> like they're genre, they're I'm the best surgeon ever. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. Like, I'm an ama- I don't know. I'm on this I, I, like, I, am the, I watched I am the, the shit out of Lost, so I'm yeah. not going to say anything. I'm the Lost best that. looking well, felon did, but, on Earth. Oh man! But I mean, that was the, that was a problem with yeah. Lost, right? Is that Lost went off the rails? It had it 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 had it was too long. It, it went so too many to seasons, yeah. and they had to keep that supernatural element going. And eventually, you're just like, what the fuck is happening? I yeah. think Lost's Which actual is, problem is that they liked all of their own characters too much, so they had to instead of turning them bad, they had to invent a, like God tier. Uh, of bad guys and that made me really the sad yeah i like that other stuff but then oh, it was, was, there yeah. was like a, the, a force of evil who was like a yeah, yeah, trans-dimensional yeah. deity that shut like lost spoilers well, sorry John, <laughs> don't, don't pull the plug out of the, oh, the well of light so it what felt, the fuck is happening it felt like they did that because they just couldn't make the actual character sure. of lock a bad guy but whatever yeah they should have just started Game of Thrones again, I'm just killing everyone yeah. right around season three. One yeah. fundamental question I have about the game about Lost, about Lost. <laughs> <laughs> is, Topic is three: Lost. Why it went on for Let's three talk about Paolo and what's her face? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh man, Lies. Pablo Lies. So. Uh, but Nikki and why Pablo? Wyoming and why 1989? Because that was the one oh, thing okay. that, the, like the the one like the Wyoming city is awesome. I mean, the middle of the country is great. Um, 
a lot of great beauty and natural natural beauty. And the Wyoming answer there. is really easy, right? Yeah, like I grew up there. Nels grew up there. I was like, yeah, let's just start there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the reason that yeah. the, the lookout tower is, I mean, I'm going to just talk for you, but I think the reason that a fire lookout tower out in the middle of Wyoming was a compelling image is because you hiked out in the, in the middle of Wyoming with your dad and saw them as a kid. Like, that's right. You know, if you, yeah, I saw one. Yeah, there was one like up where the Beartooth Mountains, it's like, God, I can just barely like see it in my brain. I don't even know if it's active, but it's just like a big tower on a hill. And I remember being like, those are a thing. That's really cool. I want to go in there. I know I'm not allowed. Like my, the, 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 <laughs> like the cheesiest dumb version of it for me, like I grew up in a small town with a river and it has a drawbridge and it has a house attached to it. And you just look at it and go, that is a weird structure. And a guy lives in there and his job is to do that. And that's way less cool than the, uh, than the fire lookout tower version. But you look at that and you just think someone is spending a good part of a year just sitting up in that weird room. Sure. Yeah. And, and then uh, what in, in regards to the like? year, okay. it was the year. I mean, obviously there's two things. There's like the reason where we look at a place and we go, what is the most interesting time th- of that space? And a year after the Yellowstone fires of 88 felt like a really interesting time. So it's like, that's a, that's checkbox for 89. And then plus you can read into how emotionally distraught Henry is that he's blowing off Ghostbusters 2 releasing in the summer of 89. That well, that's actually the core like conflict inside of Henry. Where he's like, yeah. man, <laughs> I saw the trailer and I thought that it was about the Titanic showing up, but it was about a painting. That's what he finds out when he goes home that it was about a fucking it's like, painting. It's about a painting? He's like, who is this Vigo asshole? God! My life sucks! I thought it was about the Statue of Liberty versus the Titanic. That's yeah. what I thought as a kid when I saw it. I remember being so psyched and then I thought it was still kind of cool. I don't. I didn't know that Ghostbusters. Fuck Ghostbusters two. Fuck Ghostbusters two. Was there any? Was there ever <laughs> but, uh, any consideration of the tech, like the technical nature? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's just pre cell like, phone. He doesn't have a sat phone. Like right. if you're also this job is like mostly done by satellites. This now. game is a webcam <laughs> right. like, in, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Firewatch is literally uh, it's a Logitech webcam and it's also really nice it's right really now. nice to know <laughs> it is that, why it wouldn't makes it sense. be it makes sense right? <laughs> this, is what, this is what being a fire lookout looks like now just sitting in repose they can't see that like, guy I know. they <laughs> know staring, what that guy looks like they've yeah. seen Kevin it's, it's, yeah. it's also really nice to know that Firewatch takes place in an era that when the story ends and they go back home Henry's not going to get a friend request from Delilah on Facebook mm. yeah that's a good yeah. one yeah. That, that, was, that was one of the things although man it's interesting to think about what Henry Henry, who is still alive in right. 2012, gets a Facebook friend request from Delilah. He's like 60. Oh, he's, he's like 68. You. He's definitely Facebook He's your Facebook dad. And oh, 100%. man. Where he posts a status update that says Delilah. And he's like, oh, I meant to search for her. <laughs> <laughs> Delilah, look there's out your, tower. There's your people right yeah. there. Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, a, it's, our, it's just like a, his, her, like, her story inspired desktop simulator. But yeah, you're just, you're just <laughs> Henry, Facebook, shadow. Oh, man. It no, is that's funny. Not, that is one of the things I thought about was not, not necessarily Facebook was just that because of the time and place I guess they would never necessarily ever find each other again yeah he didn't have a number he has no that's why that's why the finality hurt me so much yeah that's that's part of the impact for me too is I was like fuck wait if this is literally this is the last time I would talk to you oh she's gone that sucks like I'm never she you know she's not coming to visit you she's not that kind of girl unfortunately sucks it was very, it was, it was, fuck you. It was depressing. <laughs> about every two and a half years, <laughs> but every two and a half years, somebody completes a video game and then says, fuck you to my face. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the career arc I've been on. <laughs> so you I really, apologize for the F you. My it's, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, my inbox is full of them, so don't Are worry. They? There's more than I would like. Yes. <laughs> I have two questions to round up this segment. One from me, one from a fan. Okay. Mine is going to be, Based on the 28 hours you've had, and I, we're doing reviews on its own thing, a little bit about it, but have you, are you looking at any of the commentary and going like, damn, 
I wish I had done this differently. I wish I had done that. Because for me, yeah. I finished yeah. my first playthrough and I was like, that, well, that was powerful and I'm depressed. And I was like, wait, so Ned made that tower and that okay, came? So and then I had to talk to Mitch and he's like, no, no, on my third playthrough, I found a deer. And I was like, oh. There is actually, there's one thing that I do kind of wish that people, that we had been a little more clear on. I'm, I'm also like, to step back before I say this, I'm, I'm really, I am super pleased with the game that we shipped, but I do wish that a few more people would have inside of the game itself a clearer understanding specifically of Ned Goodwin's relationship to the university research site because that is I think the number one like plot stupid plot sticking point and there are answers inside of the game that do untangle all those things but I think people go to the university research site they see the clipboard and then they find Ned and they're like why is this guy up in this stupid this little mud hut yeah. if he has that tent full of state of the art research equipment and the answer is just he'd been pilfering supplies from there, and then he went and planted that evidence just basically to completely get you and Delilah off of flashlight cave guy, cave, weird, anything related to anything else, and just it was it was a it was a fixation play, I think, that then didn't quite work out. Yeah. Um yeah. and you there is, I mean, just straight up spoiler, whatever. But right, we've been spoiling. Yeah, you can see like in in the in his hideout, you can find like the He's like, got some notes that he left getting, for himself about yeah. about what to do with the research site. He's got sort of like his layout and like how he breaks in and how he gets and out. I'll, and then you can also hike up a totally different way um, in the later days and find a dead elk that's wearing the same tracking collar that you found at the research site. And Henry's like, maybe that is an actual. It's got site. it's got a serial number on it that matches up to the clipboard of tracked subjects in the mm-hmm. research site, and you can talk to Lala about just oh maybe those guys were actually just doing gotcha, exactly what gotcha. they said they were going to do, and then they just sort of go, Ooh. and then Henry's like maybe they could have been doing so, and then it's just like it just it, gotcha. so we, we yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. missing that conversation. And, but me, also yeah. like you, when you, you write can, that when you write these like a, an inner like a mystery where there's like very like to complete the game you can do a very minimal number of things. You sort of like walk this line of being of of, of like you don't want to just like force it right yeah you don't, you don't want to force it you don't have the parlor room like let me explain everything to you so you walk this line and i think we got we weren't awful at it but we got better at it over time and i think yeah if i was gonna like try to remake decisions i would just have the skills that i have now about where to like err on the side of honestly from from a level design standpoint i've thought about this a little i haven't actually talked to anyone about this very much but i, I did a lot of the world layout in firewatch like the gray boxing and a thing that we did um, especially earlier on, but then, you know, you sort of carve in these paths and there, what the world becomes is there's often one or one and a half ways that you can get to someplace early game. And then there's little pockets of hidden stuff off to the sides. And I think if I was doing this from scratch, if we were like for some bad reason making a Firewatch 2, literally, I think that the way that I would probably built the world is there, you, whenever you're setting out to someplace, I would try to put players on a path that would lead them to a really clear, sorry, to a really clear fork. You, you acted like you knew how to podcast. I was getting all relaxed. I would, I would try to lead players to a really clear fork in the road and have it be clear to them that either way will take them to where they're trying to go and then just put different stuff on those two different trails. So mm-hmm. like someone who walks this way, they're always going to find that elk. This person's always going to find the burned out lookout tower, but no, you can't go Do to both. the place and see both unless you deliberately backtrack and try to be a completionist. And I think... You know that was yeah, that, that, been... that was a big takeaway that I learned, but we had to, we learned it by just making the world. That's how it works. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also that's a lot harder because you got to build two tra- two paths. <laughs> <laughs> you're just yeah. a few people. We could have done it. So what you're saying yeah. is, but Firewatch I mean, honestly, Two is going like, to be like an '80s action film. 
Exactly right. Saying. Great. Firewatch two starts immediately where Firewatch one leave, leaves off, but the other guy in the helicopter just hands you a machine gun. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's like Metal Gear. It's, it's like Metal Gear. Gun. The minigun comes over the side. He's like, "What?" He's like, "Kill them all, dude." We, <laughs> we joke so many times about how Firewatch was going to have the end of Predator, and it secretly does have the end of Predator. It does have. It does have. Where the you're end like, of "What just happened to me?" I went through the craziest experience in my life, and then a helicopter comes and picks you up, and you're like, "I don't know what to make of anything." Bye. Yeah. Cut yeah. to black. Oh, but I do think, yeah, I, Predator. It's funny. See? Like, yeah. Our number one filmic inspiration you asked earlier, Perfect. Predator. 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 Final question for this topic. Weird thing out in the woods. <laughs> comes from Game on Parker over at kindoffunny.com slash forums. He says, I'm very into Firewatch and looking forward to playing it. <laughs> however. Yes, don't listen to this. However. You're not hearing the answer to this. I wish there were more <laughs> trophies for the game, including oh, the yeah. platinum oh, trophy. Oh, man, it's the kind Why of funny question. Why is the trophy list so short and what exactly led to the game not having more trophies? Game on Parker hits the nail on the head. Your trophy list sucks dick. That's- Damn. I, I, here's what, a fun fact. Okay, here's, here's, <laughs> let's, let's talk PlayStation trophy format and certification requirements. Let's do it. <laughs> this is my favorite topic. We are officially categorized as a small game by Sony, which means no plat. Sure. Done. 20 bucks, six hour, four, six hour game. Not going to have one unless we begged and we did not. But then to so beg. you're, telling, okay, me, here's the, no, you're no, telling me the people who ported Taco Master iOS begged for a platinum I'm gonna trophy. Tell you, I'm going to tell you fucking <laughs> Taco Master, Taco 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 Master has a platinum we trophy. You know what? I bet that they clearly. did. I bet that they did because you know what? Why do you, why do you care about Taco Master? Because it's a platinum trophy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> why do you care about, about Firewatch? Probably not because it's a platinum trophy. Because well, you all, no, you no, all no, fucking no. played it. We didn't have a platinum. <laughs> oh, no. Bye. No, seriously, if you want to have a platinum yeah. trophy on the PlayStation, you have to have a ton of other trophies at different tiers. Yeah. We just stacked all the points into the chapter stops because we're, all, we're still in the spoiler zone, right? Yeah. What we did not want was someone who carried a weird object that had a trophy tie-in down the cave because I thought it would be funny or interesting. No. And on their first play, they find Brad Goodwin's corpse and then they get a fucking trophy toast and then they get two other ones because of just weird cast. Like, we... we Toast is Xbox language. Oh, it's not... A tro- it's, you get toasted on achievements. I forget what a trophy's called. A pop. Uh, a ping. A trophy ping? Yeah. Here's a question we for you. Toasts, you are, you are quick, I'm with you. Bum, I mean, bum, I'm bum. joking yeah, around about it. I, know, I, know. I, I figured when but, I'm playing, you said in a tweet what conversation with me and another fan, like, it'll make sense when you play the game. And that totally was the thing yeah. of, like, we, when we, I found the boombox, I didn't want to carry it around all the time. We went, saying, we went back and forth about, yeah. on that so much, too, about just like, it was like, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> really, really, really contentious. Um, I'm happy with where it landed, but I also know what some people care about now. You know, so maybe we can make out, we can make. All of us happy next time somehow. Yeah, you know, I think probably. Um, I have. A, have to think. About I have. To, I got to change the subject. Just general achievements talk because you've been. When everyone's like, can't wait to hear what Greg thinks about this, and it's like, okay, he knows what's up with achievements. So on Xbox, <laughs> you know that when an achievement pop up happens, it's called a toast. I didn't know that. No. Shit. Okay, because we're trying to figure out: is it called a toast because it's like a cheers to you? Like, like I would uh, think so. Or is it called a toast because toasty. a thing because a like thing that. pops up like toast coming out of a toaster? Mm. Because I think that on operating systems, the stupid shit that comes up from the corner of your taskbar, I think Microsoft might call those toasts too. Mm. Bad time, but it might be because the guy comes up and says toasty, and he no, did, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Orig- yeah. the original toast. Yeah, the original achievement. Nate would know. The original achievement. We can get you the answer. Yeah, I'm curious. Before you leave today, we'll get you the answer. Sadly, these people are high enough on the Microsoft food chain, we shouldn't call them live on this show. (laughs) Do not call someone live to ask what's the meaning of toast. (laughs) Sure to actually do it, whatever, it's your day. Um, All I'm saying is it would have been nice to get a bronze trophy for picking up all those goddamn beer cans. Because I did. I picked them all up. I did too. There was some anal retentive part of my brain. like, I have to clean the forest. I can't leave these here. These irresponsible that, kids. That, left. that was not in the game until we did our first round of big playtesting, and people were like, "I'm a forest ranger. Why am I? Why I should be able to clean up all these cans?" And we're like, Absolutely. And then we're like, "What do we do with these cans?" And then we're like, "Maybe they show up in your garbage can on the next day. Maybe they, sh- 
they just get erased. You make a necklace. Maybe maybe <laughs> when you look down, there's a physics <laughs> like alarm system. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. You can uh, talk to Delilah when the power goes out by like stringing the cans between your fucking towers. Um, it's time to move on to the third topic. All right. So that also means it's time to say goodbye to Sean. Vanderman. I know. I, I could only go. afford to pay him for this two topics. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, coming. Dude, I love it here, man. I never want to leave. This sucks. You should come back more. Uh, I feel really conflicted about having to get up right now um oh yeah he's gonna have to get up it's like getting off the when i get up i'm gonna go use the bathroom okay we're just gonna show. take a quick break and we'll come back <laughs> with topic three all right topic number three where's sean <laughs> no how much we hate <laughs> sean van <I> hate <laughs> no 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 uh what i, I want to talk it. about is reviews uh yeah. it's one of those where con and i wrote reviews and did video reviews forever nick edited video reviews made video reviews happen you're on you review things now here with like firewatch i do and I now do. you're Game Firewatch uh-huh. came out uh-huh. this week. Uh-huh. What is this? I I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of waiting for like you. So the, you knew on the you knew the review embargo was Monday, I assume. Yeah, because we told people when it was. Exactly. Yeah, you're a small team. It's easier for you to set those up. Yeah. And so then what? Do you just sit there? Like, are you wanting to read all of them? Or are you gonna read none of them? How are you gonna handle it? Is uh, everybody together? Are you alone? Uh, well, <laughs> well. Uh, I mean, I actually don't know what a lot of other teams do because we picked our whole press schedule because, like we said way earlier, we're, there's not a lot of us. Sure. So we decided to give people uh, review copies a week in advance, and we knew that this game wasn't very long, and that seemed like a long time. I, but I don't know what a long time is for someone to review a game, but what what it, who it was a long time for was us. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because we, we, we uh, had a game sitting out in the middle of nowhere that people were playing. And then, man, Twitter exists. And if you're a game developer, you follow games journalists, and then they post like cheeky stuff. I'm playing about, Redacted, and da 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 da. da. And it's like I know what you're playing because I just gave you the code, and you you wrote back saying thanks. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm a person who reads most every review. I'm I also the same way that I read as many forum threads about a game as I can find. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are a lot of people for whom that is absolutely not what they can do because it makes them go crazy to sure. read to read what people write about their own game. But um, I, I was never really a games writer. Although I, I like, I freelance covered E three for one site one time, but a lot of my friends are games writers, and I also just the reason that I have a job in games is because I was obsessed with reading whatever IGN sixty four yeah. and like uh, and uh, Shack News and uh, Blues News and that kind of like I read all that stuff. You're a student of the game. And and I was on game forums all the time and I ran some fan sites and stuff. So like I it doesn't seeing what people are saying about the game from the perspective of either critics or fans doesn't doesn't like freak me out. I really li- like it, but it's I think when I start reading that stuff, my brain s- like slightly switches and rolls back in time to being a person reading them as a participant in that okay, community. Okay. But then there's also the voice in my brain going, why don't they like it? Why do they like it? But like, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what answer you want. No, what you're, your, you're giving the answer. <laughs> what, were your, you what, what do are, you want me to say? Just, I'll say it. I'll do it. You guys are a small team. And so, and you know, you know, you've been in a big, a big studio. So you know how it works. A, a, a lot big of big, big developers, big publishers will mock review their games and pay a lot of money to do that. Did you guys... Not, not only big ones, a lot of teams do that. We, right. Did, I was going to say, did you guys... Because mock reviews do cost money, and, and if you guys are in, on a shoestring budget or more of a shoestring budget, you might I, not have paid for one. So did I don't you guys think do it, that? It wasn't an issue of money. I just think we didn't want to do it. It's not really... Like, I actually have never had a mock review written about a game that I've worked on, at least not one that I've seen. Like, 
I, for all I know, when I was at Telltale, they were doing that and then not mm-hmm. telling the team, but I don't, I don't think so. You don't think so? But I also don't know what to do with a mock review because I think, like, you know, everyone talks about play testing the hell out of your games, and we do too, and you obviously should. But um, the feedback that you get from a play tester is going to be very different than the feedback that you get from a person who's actually playing your game, which is going to be different than the feedback you get from another game developer who plays it or to a journalist that you show a preview to. And I, I've, I've always imagined at least that when you ask someone to write a mock review, you're going to get a different review than if they were writing the real review. And then, then the, cause just, you know, when you're play testing a game, not only do you know that you're playing uh, an unreleased game, but very often the developer has asked you for feedback or they're sitting in the room. So you're think you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself this, like we had play testers say, Oh, I was interested in that thing over there, but I knew that what you guys wanted me to talk about was this and that this was the focus. And it's like, no, the focus was the focus whatever you, is whatever you want yeah, to do, yeah, yeah. but you. Um, so, this is me talking myself into a crazy hole. But I've always wondered with mock reviews, if if you can assume more or less that someone's mindset is going to be slightly different because they are saying, "Oh, I was asked to write this mock review," you're going to get a slightly different thing than you would get in a real review. Then you can't assess it the same way you'd assess a real review, and then I don't know what's the value. I don't know what the, I don't know what the value of it is, or at least you would have to admit that the value is different. Than a real review. I, I guess I asked that just because was I, there but, an expect was there an expectation of what people would like and what wouldn't like in your oh mind? For man. instance, the game like didn't run very well on PS4. Like yeah. you guys knew that that was going to be an issue, right? Um, we we weren't sure how. Actually, honestly, I don't know what we we with PS4 performance. It did not come up as much on the team as it did until right before the game came out. Like we, I think we we honestly did not know how this game would be received. Um, we hoped that because it was like we knew the art, like, I, I don't know, as a, uh, as a person who did not have a whole lot to do with the art of the game, I've always like, I'm obsessed with it. Like I'll play the game and just take screenshots and yeah. post them and email them out to the team because I just like looking at it and I was like, okay, that's fine. The acting is fine. Whatever. Like there's, a, you know, there's, <laughs> this there's, is all fine, but this rock formation is dope. You just, you, for me, you just, you just don't know. And I mean, I sort of had, we hoped that the game would be received well, but we didn't know what specific things people would or wouldn't like. Like as, as we talked about earlier, we, we thought that the ending would potentially, people would have thoughts about it. Um, people would have thoughts about all sorts of things, but, um, you just never know where, where the sort of consensus is going to fall or where specific reviewers are going to land. And, uh, it's been really nice that the reception of this game has been as as it's been as well received as it has been. Um, but but it's not like we had any idea what the what the actual uh, score would the be. Score your Metacritic would be. What, we, didn't, we didn't know what our Metacritic would be. Yeah, yeah. So were you or the I, <laughs> what <laughs> ah, Metacritic? Whatever. Oh, you're, you're one. You Metacritic, hate the Metacritic. Metacritic is is whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. No, dude. Okay. <laughs> Metacri- no, sorry. That's. I don't. I don't have well formed enough thoughts on Metacritic to say anything useful about okay. Metacritic. You I just would, don't like the idea of Metacritic. No. Well, Metacritic wouldn't exist if people didn't want it to exist. There's a market for it, right? Yeah. I'm. I'm bummed that there are still large teams that have bonus structures based on Metacritic. Sure. But um, whatever. Metacritic. Yeah. I. I can't be a person who like says bad things about Metacritic, but then looks up the Rotten Tomatoes of every movie I'm going to see. So right. Exactly. Um. Whatever. But it's. I guess it's just complicated. Is okay. it? Is it more? Is your distaste? Because this kind of feeds into the review yeah, topic. Totally. Which you're is, saying I have distaste of is your is, <laughs> sir. Well, we we have. I mean, when I worked at when we worked at IGN for a long time, we would we would put review scores on things, and I was actually a huge advocate get, uh, for getting rid of your review scores for many years. I don't. I think they're useless. They're totally arbitrary, um, based on sliding scales. They're not arbitrary within GameSpots or IGNs or 
whatever's scale itself, but a seven at GameSpot seems to actually be way uh, higher than a seven at like Eurogamer, which is like a really hard reviewer. And so if these numbers don't sync up properly, then the Metacritic score itself blows up. And that's why I never believed in them to begin with. But do you do you have a do you have a problem with an amalgamation of of opinions being boiled down to that one number? Or do would you prefer it to like like me? I always want people to just read the text because you can get out of it whatever you want based on how I feel about it. I don't have to boil it down to this this digit. I would like that, but I don't think anyone's going to. I mean, I think no matter what, people just scroll down to the end. I think, and like, I feel like I'm I, you. I'm talking about things that I have not thought about in a long time, and I feel bad for having an opinion about them because I'm just going to say dumb garbage. You live your life. You're a developer. You're fine. Don't worry. See, but, look at it's now. You know how we feel because we always talk about why didn't this happen in this game? Why isn't this mechanic there? We don't fucking know. We're just we have opinions though. Uh, but, we got a sack full of opinions, Colin. Yeah, but. I, I, I mean, I kind of just know the way that I behave, and I'm a person who will, like, I will sit down and read game reviews for games that I'm really interested in or for writers that I follow. But also, if I'm in a position where I'm just thinking about buying a game, I will honestly still just go and read the last two paragraphs of an unscored review and then scroll back up to the top if I thought that there was an interesting conclusion and then read, read through the entire thing. Or, you know, like I'll say, oh, I wonder why they thought that. Mm. And, or I just won't, and I'll just, <laughs> I just won't read the review, and then I'll feel bad about myself because I know that writers wrote them. <laughs> Um, you clicked on the page, so somebody got paid no matter oh, what. Oh, that's Don't worry. bleak. Now who's who's bleak? Metacritic can exist forever, but uh, maybe. <laughs> oh man, this industry is bleak. It's time you knew that. It's the next topic. <laughs> you're you're listener supported. I know we're great. We're I, fine. I have to imagine it's hard though, right? Because you spend roughly what did you say twenty four months, twenty five months on the game, mm-hmm. and you guys are a small team, and you're. I can't imagine that you were getting in at like ten o'clock and leaving at five o'clock every day, right? We actually, had, we actually had a pretty good production schedule for most of this game. There were some time, like as we got closer and closer to the end, obviously the hours and stress go up. But like we we tried very hard to live normal lives for the majority of Firewatch. But anyway, that aside, what were you going to well, say? Well, no, I was going to say I have to imagine it's the same with any process like that, any film or t- or, or movie that that a whole creative team works on. And specifically, you guys are really like. You know, in a movie, there's always like the director, the writer, the producers that are kind of like shepherding the project forward, and then the big support staff comes on, and then they leave. But you're still left with that sort of like onus of you you put all that time and effort into something, and then to have to relinquish the control to a group of people out there who are really only like, you know, whose job is just to play it and give their opinion on it must be like fucking nerve wracking for you. I mean, we have people. Who are critical of the stuff we do when we when we when we create other stuff outside of the reviews and things we do and those opinions are always you know we always read those opinions and try to sort through like what we can learn from them and i think you guys do too but yeah at the same time there's got to be a party that's like fuck like this is people love this or don't like this or like what the like it's got to be in a range of just crazy emotions for I, you i don't actually know because i don't i can't speak for other people but for me i just like i look forward to it because i really want to know what the heck people think and yeah obviously there are things that you can't go back and change or you'll read something and go oh you know whatever but um i just kind of like it yeah i don't know yeah like why would you i mean you're you're making a thing for the purpose at least i can't speak for everyone but i mean when we were making firewatch we were making it so that people could play it right and when people play it they're going to have an opinion about it and my hope is that what they have are interesting opinions, whether it's positive or negative. I at least want someone to say something interesting if and like it's totally fascinating. Like the, the point of making it is to give it to people. Right. And then in return, I get to consume all of their thoughts about it. 
And I mean, the ones that the ones that are the least interesting are the ones where people just get mad about the frame rate of the graphics, which I was like, uh, which makes me feel like a butthole because uh, <laughs> that stuff is that stuff is super important. Sure, and, well, and obviously are... that's that's also the stuff that you can fix materially. Like we can, if if there's a frame rate hitch, we can work on a patch that fixes the frame rate hitch. Um, and that is good information to know, and it's good for people who are buying the game to know about. But the things that, like, um, like Tom Chick wrote a review of our game that was a not very high score at quarter to three, but it was one of the most interesting reviews of Firewatch out there because he just talked, like, he used Firewatch to talk about what he thinks games should or shouldn't be, or like how Firewatch's success as as a video game and what it's trying to do in regards like and what that means about what you should or shouldn't even bite off in a game and it was really interesting or like there was a review up on Eurogamer that was pretty positive but like had some it was a mixed to positive review and it talked about uh the way some of the story structure in the game worked and talked about the way that the map system worked and Mm. it was i it was just it was really fascinating to hear someone else deconstruct the work that you did and that's the, but see that's the interesting thing about you guys and i wonder if it's you know in terms for you especially since you're here uh, you know giving us your opinions if it's you know the reviews good bad or otherwise aren't affecting you so much because i feel like you're in this interesting spot where firewatch you know is a video game this is like when steve was here talking about when doing a, like the gone home cast with me right where i'm like are you offended by walking simulator he's like no but it's like it also boils it down in a way that isn't like, I don't know why people feel that way, right? As we expand sure. this definition of games, right? You guys are a storytelling experience. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing of like, I think it was Tim and I talking about it where he's like, I was going through and it's a mix of emotions. And then it's also like, he was upset that he couldn't run with his map and compass out and stuff. And it, then he get lost. And I was like, I felt I went on that roller coaster with it where I was like, originally I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Why is it like that? And then it came around. I'm like, but this is how it would be if I really was in the woods. And then is that what they're going for? And then like, how do I go? You know what I mean? Is that like how this all breaks down? And like, yeah, I'm not running around and there's not a white dotted line on this. You know, I'm not like doing some holographic thing. So I see the path I'm supposed to take to get over to the tower. Like, that's, you didn't know that if you hold X and B, a little wisp trail shows you where the bitch. next leaves just flowering yeah. through. <laughs> but, skips a day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just but, a radial fill goes up, it goes boop, and you're just done. Oh, good game beat. credits. That's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I feel like that's the thing is like some of the choices. You're you're making so many different choices in an artistic way, if that makes sense. I think there's games like. Call of Duty that have a story, but we always talk about it. Call of Duty is mechanic-based, right? Shooting feels good. How do I use this new weapon? What do I do there? Sure. Whereas you guys are like, mechanics are basic, and then you want to run off and do this thing with the story. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to let you say that we're making something that's from a more art standpoint I than did. someone else. I did. It's too late. Ugh. I don't You're know if, more art. I don't know. If, Kevin, put it on the board. Oh, gross. I mean, I don't know if I gross. agree. I don't know if I agree with that <laughs> motivation either, um, but I also don't. I don't know. My brain is destroyed. Yeah, it's been a long week. For um, me. But you understand what I'm saying, right? That I mean, rather than pull it towards gameplay mechanic wise, is yeah, more but towards I don't. Story but but like the flip side of that argument is, you guys, it was okay for you to do it bad because it meant something, which mm. is that's. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think. No, I wouldn't say the mechanics necessarily are bad though. But there is an emphasis on like those sure, mechanics yes. are deliberate. They like the map is deliberate. The the the, the having to stop. And look at where you're at, and and figure out where you are, and orient yourself to the world. Is that's a deliberate? Yeah, that's but that's a, also that's in Far feeling. Cry Two. That's in like an open world immerse, like like one of the most hardcore immersive sim games ever. That's where we ripped off the map from and the waiver <laughs> Uh But uh, you know, but 
Yeah, it, it, it's fair. I mean, we wanted to do stuff. Sure, but that's a different feeling that the sure, players sure, sure. Are the re- get. I mean, the reason, like, like for instance, this, like there's a compass con- constantly there, or like oh, there yeah. is a path being drawn. You know, eh, not in Far Cry Two. You just have a, hand, a map in your hand and a compass in your hand. But whatever. The re- yeah, that's true. why they dumped all that shit for Far Cry Three and Four <laughs> and Primal. Oh man, what if you killed a bunch of weird animals and turned it into a wallet for your money? It's awesome. Oh, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I love my shark skin wallet. Real thing? Oh, like, it's yeah. fine. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, play, far um, cry. Far play, play the play the far as cry. Uh, no, I mean for for the, the 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 map and the compass being a thing that shows up in first person in Firewatch was because we wanted you to feel like you're a person and you're yeah. limited by the ways that a person is yeah. limited. That's not to say that a real person couldn't transfer the map into their other hand and use the radio. That like was a concession that we had to make, but um, it, it at least came from us trying to like the all the climbing moves and stuff when our animator first did them. Man, Henry was fucking sick at climbing rocks and like jumping over logs and stuff. And we're like, okay, take the slowest version of those that you did, and that's gonna be the fast one. Now make a really slow fat guy one where he sort of like slumps his butt over it, and that's gonna be the slow one. And like, you know, but like, it's probably it probably feels less fulfilling in a, in the moment to jump over a log than it does when you're uh, whatever. But I mean, like Far Cry Man, when you're a, when you're a crisis bio suit, right? But, but that's point, part of the world building I think you're doing. You know what I mean? The yeah, fact I, that I and like that's the whole thing is I have ownership over Henry throughout that game. Sure. It, it is a line that we have to walk between like is that a thing that makes you feel interested in being that character and makes you mm-hmm. feel like you're that character or is it a thing that makes you just go, "Oh my god, it takes so long to climb over this log." Yeah, yeah. Um and Anyway, that's what I think about reviews. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to get distracted. No, that's how the show is. Don't worry. Everybody's enjoying this ride. Are they? Don't worry so much. Don't don't why are you so hard on yourself? I don't know. Stop reviewing yourself as you do this. I'm reviewing you. Shit. I'm reviewing Colin and Kevin. Kevin's getting like a You're at a four right now. Four? Out of five? Four out of five stars. That's We're on the good. star system. Um, Twenty points go. Oh Jesus. Um It also is really helpful to do a podcast every week with my friends who are also game developers where we talk about other people's games and our thoughts about them. Right. It makes it easier, I think, when you're doing that every week to then put a game out and have other people talk about it. Sure. Um, is it be pretty, pretty bad to do that every week, and then when someone else reviews your game, to freak out, to freak out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It w- was there. But also, hold on, one more thing. Sure. This game, as Sean said, is selling really well, and it's been reviewed very well, which makes it very easy to just be like, ah, oh, everything is fine. Yeah. You know, like whatever. I was ask about if we, that. if we, if I was in here, like in a barrel, like I'm ruined. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd have the same answer. They took the house last I, night. I think that my sentiment would be the same, but I'd probably be a little. It would be more difficult to be quite as like lackadaisical sure, sure, about sure. it as I'm being right now because the game has been really well received by a lot of people which is great. Did you feel more investment in the reviews this time around than you did with like the Telltale stuff because Telltale is a bigger team or like the, like there's more episodes like we were talking about earlier? I don't know the answer to that because I haven't quite realized that the game is even shipped. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I'm in a you caught, you caught us in in at the time. No, that's why I like this. I like it's interesting to be with you at Ground Zero. It was a lot. It was yesterday. a lot easier to put the divide between the game has shipped and the game is not shipped when I was working at a at a studio that had its own PR group and its own support group and its own QA team and stuff. Whereas yeah, yeah. now, it feels like we're still in the process of releasing the game because, to customers for whom it isn't working, we are, and you know, uh, so that's how it goes. Good. But one day, I'll, one day I'll I'll come back. Like, you know, big beard with a huge beard. Yeah. And say, I understand it all now. You'll be here on the Firewatch 2 PR tour. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that, I mean, do you feel you've made a couple comments whenever, you know, Sean make a joke about Firewatch 2? No, I mean, we've just, we'd never thought about what a Firewatch 2 would be. And, sure. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you, you nailed it. It's, it picks up right where Predator left off. 
the fucking chain gun comes over. Firewatch 2, Predator. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean... We, get back into the jungle. We honestly just don't know what the next project is. We have some ideas kicking around, but like the Firewatch 2 has never actually been seriously proposed. How how far off is it? I mean, like, again, you're so much in the, in the shit right now, right? Don't know. Of QA stuff. Like, I mean, pre-production, all that jazz just happens eventually. We've... We have to figure it out. Yeah. A lot of kids were asking about that because they're... They also asked about DLC, which I thought was funny. I'm like, I don't think Firewatch is going to get DLC. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. The, the Delilah pack. There are already two collectible hats in Firewatch. We could introduce three. Okay. I we, didn't know about the hats. I didn't know about oh, the hats Oh, they're stupid. It's, it's just we put them in because it was funny. What are the hats? You can find a Korean War veteran's hat in the white supply box, like the disused old supply box next to the old burned out lookout tower next to Hawk's Rest. And uh-huh. you can... If you use it, the put away is a put on, and then there's a first person animation of putting on its head, then on his head, and then it shows up on the. Uh, there's a hat peg next to your door. It shows up for the rest of the game. Nice. Also in the parking lot, uh, at the very beginning of the game, there's a yellow Cody Wyoming hat that you can put on, and it shows up on the other peg. So you can have up to two collectible up hats. Up to two that you collectible can wear. hats, everybody. Also, you can you can wear them both if you want. So what you need to do is find everyone who reviewed the game and ask them if they got the hats. Because if they hats? didn't get it, that review doesn't count. That review yep. doesn't matter. Yep. yep. I was, yeah. Jesus. What you blown up? I speak with text me. I don't know why they want to get a hold of me. Why do you leave your phone out then? Like, what, what do you know, think is going to happen? Idiot. You think your you think your wife's going to text that she's dead? Sometimes no, I don't think she texts. She that's, that's the point. That's the point. I'm driving. Twist. Twist. She texts me things that are important though. Like, hey, can I pick you up some dinner tonight? And I want to jump on that because there's a window, three minute window. She's it's at three, the place. It's three thirty five. My wife's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, anything to say about video game reviews before we move on? No, I think we've said it all. All right, good. Then I want to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and more. Make sure you head over to LootCrate.com slash KFGames and enter the code KFGames to save $3 on any new subscription. Loot Crate! It's more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. And they guarantee $40 or more in value with every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. Every month there's a different theme and all items curated around that theme. For February, we've braved the dangers of Alexandria and bribed some mercs with chimichangas to bring the finest loot this side of the afterlife. This month's theme is... (sighs) Loot crate something. Dead. It was dead. <laughs> and reaches across <laughs> genres, genres to bring you five exclusives, including a t-shirt and two figures to celebrate new episodes of The Walking Dead and Deadpool's solo film debut. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when that happens, it's over, Jack. So go to lootcrate.com slash kfgames and enter the code kfgames to save $3 on your new subscription today. That was the most energetic loot crate read I have heard. Jake, I don't fuck as around. Someone, as someone who has read a loot crate ad before in yeah. his life, that was tops. Thank top you. shelf loot crate. Found it out. Okay. I know it's been a long week for you. I thank you for putting, you know, giving us time coming over here to talk about Firewatch. I love it. We have one more topic to do, but you're going to jettison because you have to do what now? What do you have to go do? I have to go home and anyone who's written in about a thing that they've had go wrong in the game, I have to respond to them very nicely. That is indie development, it's which good. I love. <gasps> it's It's good. Co- it's good. Can you just copy and paste? We're working on it. Not quite. Okay. I mean, when people write like it, three can. When response. people write in about the same things, you can. You, there's like macro tools that'll say, "Hey, thanks. Like, oh, send me your save game." But whatever. You know, the funnest, weirdest thing in tech support is if someone gets insanely stuck in a way that no one ever has before. At least with the way our project is set up, they can send us our save game, and we can open it up in the editor 
fly their person to a place where they're no longer like stuck or broken, and then just go to the main menu and save the game and then email it back to them. That's awesome. It's the most magical tech support feeling to have That's someone really cool, think huh? that their game state is totally fucked and then to sit and be like, just paste this over and reload your save and we fixed everything that's gone wrong. That's really nice. But that's awesome. It sucks when you can't do that. Sure. When you're like, you are fucked. I stole your money. That's not, no. That's that's, not that's, that's where you respond, I thought. Dude. Campo Santo stole your money. No. No money was stolen. <laughs> Jake, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Of course, Firewatch game, the game, dot com, the game. Firewatchgame.com. Firewatchgame.com. Did I ever, speaking of stealing the money. Yeah. Um, you liked Walking Dead season one. I did quite a bit. You know how um, when you steal, have I told you, do you know about no, the, I the, I don't know where we're going yet. Kangaroo Jack. Remember the movie Kangaroo yeah, yeah, Jack? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jerry O'Connell? I don't know. It's back yeah, yeah, it is Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Anderson. Okay, yeah, is, you're this, nailing it. I, this is the stupidest Walking Dead season one dumb thing. Okay. It, it is my favorite garbage in that game. Sure. Um, the poster for Kangaroo Jack is terrible. It's a kangaroo with sunglasses, like jumping out. Um, and it says Kangaroo Jack, he stole the money and he's not giving it back. And he's got this bright red hoodie on it that says Brooklyn. Yeah. So in The Walking Dead season one, when you steal all the stuff from the station wagon, you they, get that Brooklyn sweatshirt. Yeah, that's Kangaroo Jack cosplay that Clementine is wearing. Fact. You just ruined season one of Walking <laughs> Dead for me. I gave her that. She needed to be warm. Yeah, do a Google image search for Kangaroo Jack poster and then do a, a Google image search for Walking Dead Clementine sweatshirt. Well, thank you for ruining that for me. <laughs> oh, it's great. Jake, everybody, Firewatch. <laughs> Final topic. Yes. Game trailers is dead. Rest in peace, game trailers. Yeah. Uh, sad news this week. And, uh, you know, uh, out of the blue, this is the thing. Game trailers closes up shop after 13 years doing it. And I want to talk about it. And basically, the state of video game media, video game enthusiast press, however you want to do it. Because I hate to say it, but it doesn't surprise me that game trailers went away. It surprises me. That it was out of the blue. Nobody saw it coming. It's. I thought it was crazy that you know it was. Uh, you get four hours of no, notice before everybody else. That's like I think what Brandon tweeted about and talked about it on the NeoGaf forum. Right, is the fact that they came into work on Monday and found out that day it's over, and you know, you, and then they told people four hours later or whatever. But I think it goes back to the same thing we've talked about before, and I know it's an analogy and you know a metaphor. I guess I beat into the ground all the time is how for the longest time. We talked about the spectrum of game development, right? Where there was indies, there was this mid-tier THQ stuff, and then there was AAA, and then the mid-tier fell out, and all we were left with now is indies and AAA, right? And I think that's what we're seeing happen with games press, games personality, right? Where there's the independent circuit, that's us, Jim Sterling, these people who branch off, YouTube channels in general, they go off and do their own thing, have their own independent audience, maybe aren't the biggest audience in the world, but are able to support the people they love. Then you have mid-tier sites which is where i would have put game trailers and then you have your ign's and game spots these pillars right that i think are going to weather the storm but i do see that i don't i don't think game trailers definitely not the first dot com to fold up from gaming coverage and it's not gonna be the last but i think that's what you're going to continue to see is that we're going to be left with these giant sites and then everybody else what's what happened right is like game trailers closes up they do a final Twitch live stream. I went and watched, and every comment in there is "Go to a Patreon, keep doing this, I'll support you." Da 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 da. Right, and it's just similar to us, different circumstance, obviously. But like, we come with our own fan, our own fans, our own group behind us. That like, there are people who want to see Brandon and Kyle and all the guys over there keep doing their own content. But is that? Am I wrong, Colin? Is the is the mid tier falling away? Is this an example of it? The mid tier is falling away, but I, I I'm of the mind that no one's safe, and I mean that like on either side of the spectrum. Like I just think that. Because the the, the the way you do business on the internet is just, it's just changing. Yeah. 
Um, you know, Jim Sterling wrote a really thought-provoking piece on Jimquisition about it. Not that I didn't agree with all of it, but it was an interesting piece about the changing economics and and uh, the changing way that content is paid for and the changing way that content creators are treated. Um, and you know, the the situation is not tenable, even for the big guys, um, but certainly not for the middle and not and certainly not for the smaller guys either, which I think are just going to be crunched even worse, simply because. Ad blocker is so prevalent, and I'm of the mind that you know because ad because ads, especially the, over the last year or so, have been introducing malware onto people's computers and are just totally not managed properly and stuff. Is it, I, I'm not necessarily supporting and using ad blocker, but I understand why people are using it more and more because it really is like fucking with people's computers and fucking with their operating systems, and it's not so much like just trying to dodge the man or be a douche douchebag by like you know not you know sitting through an ad to pay for the free content you're otherwise getting, it's actually becoming destructive to the way people are using the internet. Um, but on the other flip, the flip side of that is that this hurts the, the, the way the traditional way that content create content is paid for. So you have to find um, other ways to pay for it. And there's only so many ways to pay. Like you can either do what giant bomb does, which is like, you know, have subscription model with a pretty large group of people compared to our, our audience. And then, you know, some free content as well, but they're definitely user support. They're a hybrid of user support and like, Kind and of more right. traditional means. Yeah, yeah. You can have like the game spots and uh, the Eurogamers and the IGNs and whatever that that um, are uh, amalgamation and uh, of of traditional ad revenue and pre roll and um, thirty second ads before your videos and sponsored content and stuff like that. Or you can go towards the Jim Sterlings and us and others that do um, Patreon and, are, and 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 we also are a hybrid because frankly. You know, to be perfectly transparent, we make a decent amount of money not on Patreon. So it's not like so it's not like we Patreon's not is not it's the lion's share of our of our revenue but it does not you just heard even, loot, you just heard even, me read a loot loot crate ad which obviously we get paid for but like i like being transparent with the audience and i think they already know this is it's certainly not even remotely all of our all of the money we make so um because we it costs money to run this company it's uh, we wouldn't really be able to actually do what we do with just the patreon money but, right but it's certainly very important so people just need to figure out a new way to approach the way that they're doing their content and also the way that they're engaging with their readers and I think set different kinds of expectations, which is why I think the big guys aren't necessarily just safe. I don't necessarily think it's a matter of like the middle falling away and everyone else is safe. Like I think that ultimately people are retreating to different venues to find people that they really trust in smaller groups of, of, sure. of commute in smaller communities that resonate with them more. And there, and we have the evidence, the, the proofs in the pudding, like there are thousands and thousands of people that will pay us five or $10 a month because they can get a review for free from vg247 but they really would rather hear from us and so they're like well we'll just give you five or ten dollars a month to make sure you guys can do this because it's just a drop in the bucket for me it's like you know five or ten dollars is not a lot of money sure for most people a month and i think that the way we consume content is just changing so i think that the whole landscape is is really radically changing my whole thing is i think the pillars i'm talking about your ign your GameSpot, maybe one other big.com which i can't even name what it would be I think they're there. I don't think they're there in terms of maybe the scale and scope. You know what I mean? I think layoffs will come for those people. I think their staffs will be reduced. I think they'll do more yeah. user-generated content. But I, I still think that it's always going to be, I, oh, this new game's come out, so I'm going to go to the two sites I always go to see, the general review, the mainstream review, right? I will read that, and then I will go, Awesome. It's a DC game, so I want to know what Greg thinks. It's a you know PlayStation shooter. I want to know what you know what I mean. Like I think it's going to be not just that we're the only examples, but you know what I mean. Like 
you're going to have this mainstream base level review of what it is, but then you want to drill down to who the experts are. And the same reason you come to me for a Batman Superman review, but not necess- not what I think of Civil War trailer. Right. Well, I think that we, I think the, you know, we saw this play out with, um, uh, you know, Jim Jim wrote a little bit about this. How much water are you going to drink? This is like your 17th cup of water. Under this cup. God so. forbid I'm hydrated, Colin. It's, um, good, it's good for your colon. Thank you. But uh, I don't have colon problems, do I, Colin? No, you don't. Because you never worried about a thing in your life, Greg. That's where my colon problems come from. Listen to the game over here. No, I think you worry about your colon problems, and that makes you have colon That's problems. That's ironic. It's like a chicken in the egg. It's kind of like when I get cold, and I, oh, I got cold, I'm going to have to poop, and then I have to poop. But, uh... Willed myself. My like the the the, Do you the ever situation. Think maybe you always have to poop. <laughs> Is that <laughs> my secret? I'm like Sorry, Bruce Banner. Colin. I apologize. The Jim Sterling wrote about uh, about this a little bit. That like what happens? I mean, it, it, he didn't write this specifically, but it's like what happens when the people that you trust at these outlets are transient? Like sure. Do you know we saw this play out with PS I Love You, where like our podcast became number one before we even put an episode up because people liked what we did with our old show. It's not to say the new show is bad. I, I, I mean, I, a lot of people love it and listen to it. That's fantastic. I wish them all the best. It's not a competition, really. It's just like it's just to say, like, when we said we were going to do a show like that, it didn't matter where we were. People came to the show. Mm-hmm. And and Jim learned that when he left The Escapist and when he left Destructoid and is thriving. Um, and others are going to learn it. And my suspicion with the Game Trailers guys, a few of them anyway, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm speaking in all candor that I've never used Game Trailers. I don't know those guys. I don't use their content. So I'm not speaking from a, a user standpoint. I'm just speaking from I know these people's names because people talk about how much they love them. Yeah. Um, that you have to imagine that the bigger names there are going to be just fine. And I assume that that's going to be the case at other big outlets too. Like, you know, there are people working at all the outlets that I, I read or whatever where I, I wonder if they understand that they could break off and do it by themselves. Um, and that people would follow them, and it might not be easy. And again, oh, no, success, might, a, and success might not be guaranteed. Like I, we often talk about, like the the, the fucking fear and the agita that I had in the months leading up to us leaving. It was Love like it word. was unfucking real. You know what I mean? Like how scary it was. Yet when I see comments, uh, like I said earlier, people being like, "Man, they you know they really fucked up," or they don't you know like, "No, we didn't." Like we are more financially secure than we used to be. We are happier than we used to be we are we have control over what we do and we have a small a much smaller audience that is much more dedicated to what to us and what we do and i wouldn't trade that for the fucking world everything's fine you know what i mean like and that's and that's the everything's great really when you think about it and so there's like life after that kind of stuff sure. but that's that goes back to what we were talking about with the guys from campo santos which is like you know we would also not be in this position without having learned from those OGs, from the, from those big outlets, or in those in their guys' case from Telltale, or in our case from IGN. Like we just would not be in this position to have known what the fuck to even do without that experience. And so, hopefully, like new people come into those places, learn what they need to learn, either stay or leave, but use that experience to their benefit when they're gone, because that's what we've done as well. And I think we've made good content and fulfilled a niche need for a smaller audience, and that's fine. Like I don't, I don't want kind of funny to have millions of viewers. I don't like I do. that. I don't because like, dude, the second I do we, if they're best friends, the second, they're on the same well, they're, page. they're not going to be. And that's the thing is like, and that's, and that's like when you cross, like when you cross like the paradigm and, and, and See, things I, get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I think you lose control. Like I don't, it's not to say I don't want the company to grow or become more lucrative or whatever, or be better. Like, of course I do. It's just to say like, I don't want to replicate like what has already been done. Like I want it to be different. And like we've, we've proven that you do not need a million people watching content to be to, to make money, to be profitable, to be happy, for people to be happy with the content. It doesn't matter. It, it matters like 
who are you connecting with and how do they support you and how do you support them and how do you entertain them? And it can literally be 100 people or 1,000 people or 500,000 people, but it does not have to be 10 million people. It is not an economy of scale. You sure, know? but you're bending it the wrong way. You're bending it to the old model we came from or the thing we came from. You're saying that if 6 million people would change what kind of program we put out. We still do Colin and Greg Live. We still do the shows we want. We still do the products we believe in to serve the best friends. That's what I'm saying. For me, it's I'm not saying I want a million, three million, ten million. I'm saying I want X best friends. I want everybody who's on board with us being cool, not being a douche, fucking being down ass motherfuckers with each other. You know what I mean? And right. I don't care what that is. And I don't think that necessarily. Uh, if suddenly the number was seven, we wouldn't do the games cast the way we did the games cast. Right. I'm not saying that the content would change, but I am saying like like look at the look at the frankly people have talked about this. We can be open about it. look at the quality of the YouTube comments as we've gotten bigger. You know, like they've gone down. Like look at the look but at they, like look at the Facebook group that I'm on all the time. Like how a lot of people complain like this has gotten too big or whatever. I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. All I'm saying is that like you don't have to look at scale as an equivalent on the graph to monetization or as an equivalent on the graph to success or security. It just doesn't work like that. You know, like it clearly does not work like that. What do you got, Nick? Yeah, no, I would say that's true. I, w- I would agree with Colin, but uh, but I think there's when you say you don't want a million, I, I do want a million, but I want it to happen the right way. Right. I don't want a million the way IGN has to deal with the the 20, 80 million view, views they get a month or whatever their 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 stat is. Because they their model is based on having to be as broad and as mainstream as humanly possible. That's just what they are. They're a resource site and that's that's their model. I want us to have a million of people that are basically have been pounded down and have, you know, I want to start with 10 and whittle that down to the million, but like do that the natural organic way, right? Does that make sense at all? Like You're I saying I what I want. You want, yeah, the I want same a million people of the, the hardest, hardcore yeah. fucking people who are out there that believe in what we believe in, like what we're making and help and want to help support that. And I think that's that's to your point what you can do now right and that's uh the guys from game trailers like i'm I'm in collins but like i don't i'm not really familiar with them other than by all accounts and this is the most fascinating thing is they should be bigger than ign right now they should be oh, a yeah, they, fucking powerhouse and for some somewhere along the way they got off track they didn't get on youtube remember right. that was their big thing they couldn't get on um, youtube and so that's unfortunate right and that and that that because because i remember when i started at ign there was it was like 2005 and it was either 2005 2006 i remember you know you you knew about game trailers they were they were this weird business that was doing really really well but they didn't write anything it was all video and i was like all video that's never gonna work and then it started working really really well and then they got off track once youtube hit and once and i remember that time when we were having those discussions at ign of like should we reposting things to youtube because there's a big audience there but are we going to cannibalize our own traffic Mm -hmm. turns out no not really like there's two different audiences people that like to use the site people like to use it but they couldn't i guess I guess that's part of the problem that they had was they weren't able to actually use the tools that are out there and evolve quickly. And that's when, you know, when we always talk about not wanting to go back to the IGN model, it's not so much that I wouldn't want to go back and work with some of the people over there or like in general, they're great. It's just right now we're a company of six people and we can do, we can really, he's counting James. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I count Kevin as two people. Sorry. Um, He eats like he's two. But we have, you know, <laughs> two people are two years old. <laughs> we're a very small company. <laughs> he does have wings all over the side of his shirt. Yes, yeah, so like a, an amazing amount of tape on his uh, socks. Yeah. But, you know, you're nimble and you can evolve. And to your point earlier, like it is really like we have the capability of being diversified in how we drive revenue in our, into our uh, bank account every month. Right. The giant bomb, we do utilize that system. We do have, like, Patreon, for all intents and purposes, is just a subscription model. People can pay for the content they want. And in my opinion, that is the single, like, 
like awesomest thing that any content creator has at their disposal at this point, right? If the game trailers guys are smart, start a Patreon, form a company and go after it. And they will be successful because they have that broad, they have that community they've already built. They just may not realize that that community will follow them. It's maybe not brand specific and it's maybe more personality specific that we learned that too. We didn't know. We didn't know if like without IGN, are we going to be anything? And it turns out people really liked you guys. They liked you guys. Right. And I'm sure there was a part of the audience that was like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm not going to follow it anymore because I'm diehard IGN. I, yeah. I just this is part of my regimen every day and sucks that Colin and Greg don't write for the site anymore. But to be fair, Greg stopped writing like, you know, seven years ago anyway. Um, and I grossed most of the things you wrote anyway. Yeah, that's true. true. Um, so, I, I, you know, for the Dead Space 2 review. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the funniest joke you've made in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't get it either. Kevin. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the joke is. Uh, it's a long story. All right. Well, we'll talk off air on that. So uh, it's it sucks. But the, but the other thing I will say this in the parting the parting uh, sort of sentiment for me because I don't I can't really speak too much to this is just that I remember those days at IGN when we walked in thinking everything was okay and the whole fucking world blew up. I remember the days when people would we got bought twice when I was there and I saw people a lot of people get hired and I saw two gigantic rounds of layoffs yeah. where I walked in and. Like half of my friends suddenly didn't work there anymore. So if you think you're working at a place right now that is secure, you're not. You're not. Like sorry, Kev. Sorry, Kevin. You're fired. You are uh, secure, though. I mean, that, well, you're secure, Kevin. Nick's not secure. Because um, we can vote him out at any moment. It's true. So that's that's just what I'm saying. Is like you, you look and you think that 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 these companies have these these. You know, like to, to your earlier comment of people saying, are oh, you fucked up? You're going to go out there and like now you got all. Yeah. Guess what? Though I could have walked in at any point and someone that I'd never met at. The parent company of the company that owns my company's company could have been like, uh, you need to cut. You just need to cut ten percent across the board and start with the people that make that have been there for a while because they're obviously dead weight. And I would have been gone. And that would have been it. And someone would have hopefully put up a, you know, a bit of a fight for me. But at the, at the end of the day, I've never, I, I've never seen someone like. I mean, you just have to bend to whatever the the GM, the CEO, or the or the you know shareholders. Or what the number you have to make the numbers make sense, and that's yeah. that's what I'm saying is like. <laughs> I want kind of funny to grow responsibly, like Nick yeah, said, and definitely. and slowly. But it's not my whole thing where it's like share this video with all of your friends and make sure it's like no, don't don't share the video with all your friends. Find that like one, the one friend dude that wants like it, yeah. that like is that likes video games and tell him why you care about it and get yeah. him on board. I don't want your other friends like that. Yeah. Like we don't like we want an an audience that's like engaged, and I want everyone in our audience to know like we care about you. Like we 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 care about each and every person that supports us. We don't, it's not a numbers game to me. So it's not like, you know, get everyone to watch the anime series. It's like, no, the anime series doesn't even really make any sense. If you don't know anything, any, anything about it. it's like, maybe that's an introduction to someone, one of your friends that likes animation. And then they're interested in like the jokes and they watch the game over Greggy show. Like I want that sort of organic, like you said, slow growth that is responsible and manageable. That way kind of funny grows by one or two people a year. And then we don't have to worry about laying off Kevin because, like, that's just because we're I, we're gonna lay, I I Kevin's gonna get laid off one day, but we don't have to worry about he's gonna get fired. Not I, laid off. Let me put it this way: I don't worry about it. I fantasize about the day we get to fire Kevin. I just fan like I think, how's it gonna happen? We're moving Do into I the new studio. Coffee? We've hired four people, and you're just is like, times are tough. Is it gonna be Kev. like a balloon drop where it's like all the balloons spell you're fired, Kevin, and then hit the ground? And like, did you see it? I'll do it again. But, and there's another balloon drop. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's not a matter. It's not a matter of scale. It's a matter of it's a matter of security and like and being true to what we want to do. Like if we had millions and millions of people watching us, I'll tell you right now, you'll never see him in another trade show ever again. You know, like that, like that's like because that's like too overwhelming for me. Sure. Like that's like sure. that's like no, like I like I like these intimate 
experiences that we have with the audience where there's a few hundred of us and we're just and we're shaking hands and we're having a great time and stuff like that. And it's not to say like I don't I wouldn't love for us to have 10 million viewers, but are we really ever going to have 10 million viewers that are as fucking hardcore as yeah. the f- few hundred people that a few hundred thousand people that we have watching us? Right now, no, and, but that's and the I'd whole rather... thing is that I think you need to align your expectations with that. I think like you're both, we, I think we you're have saying the same thing. We have three hundred thousand subs right now, and three. And if you only want to boil it down, one hundred sixty-eight or whatever, right? Let's say they're doubling up or whatever. Actually, uh, let's. But they don't all come to the show. <laughs> they don't all leave a comment. You know what I mean? And the, the other thing to your comment too that the YouTube comments are bad. Part of that you just hit the nail on the head of why. You know where you know where the YouTube comments are really good. P.S. I love you, XOXO, because I spent an hour in there talking to people. We're attentive to those people. We're not on God because it goes up at night. And we're in Gamescast because it goes up at 6 a.m. And we have a million fucking things to go. I'm just, I, since I have to, thanks to SoundCloud, publish SoundCloud by hand at 9 a.m., I have to be thinking of P.S. I love you at that point. So I'm able to be there and curate that. You know sure, what I mean? But I don't want us to lose. And I think, I don't know that we're all on the same page on this. I don't know. I don't know that we're all on the same page on a lot of things, which I think is actually healthy for the company because it lets, it, it, it provokes thought. Otherwise, lets, we have nothing to vote on. Right. And like, agree. and then, and then we, we, scatter in different directions but at least we're able to think about the things other people say like i remember um it was i remember a good example is i remember it was intuitive for you to think that like we shouldn't use the forums for questions Mm -hmm. because for like our shows and i was like but that's so obvious and that was like and we were like on two different sides of the spectrum on that and that just shows like how we come to like some sort of consensus agreement i just never want us to lose like our grassroots feel like no matter how big and and how grand kind of funny becomes and whether or not we're involved in it forever we sell out or like you know i don't mean sell out but sell our shares sell out of the company go up Um, and be off camera yeah like and do whatever we want to do and like and 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 empower other people to take over for us and whatever might happen like it's always going to be this grassroots feel of working in the extra bedroom with my friends and we all took this bold fucking step together all held hands and jumped off a cliff and had no idea what the fuck was going to happen and we all kind of believed in each other and told each other it was going to be fine, but none of us believed it was going to be fine. I don't think, including you. And we, and you're the most positive. You you had your last you had your last minute. You know, is it going to be okay? Then yeah, it was like one question to Tim. And and, uh, yeah, and, and knowing you, knowing that you don't like, I know that you had fear, and we all did. Mm-hmm. And there's something special about the four of us doing it together, leaving very secure jobs, making pretty good money, especially in this industry, um, and it paying off. Like that, that's like that, that's in every way it paid off in every way. And like, and that's Mm -hmm. so spectacular. So like, you don't want to trifle and fuck with it too much. And that's like my whole, that's like my whole mentality. It it feels special. Uh, It feels special. No, it feels special. And it's, it's because it is special. It's not, it's not, we didn't do this to be like, let's fucking get some marketing people in here. Let's like, let's grow this. Let's buy fucking views on YouTube. Let's like get these fake Twitter followers. Let's like, it's all real. You know, and, and that's, that, but and that's, that's the so whole thing. fucking cool. That's why we're on the same page, but you're, we're just in different paragraphs. You're doing the normal Colin thing where you're anxious about everything. Whereas I'm saying, yes, everything you're saying is correct. So if we suddenly have a million subs tomorrow, there are a million good subs. They're not people we bought. They're not from marketing. Mm-hmm. They're not this. My whole thing is I want you to share the video with everyone because the video will net out on its own who it is. 90% of people are going to jump in and be like, these guys are fucking dumb. Who's this guy they're insulting off camera? Peace. And they're not going to sit there and subscribe just to talk shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way I would do it. Yeah, I think my metaphor, and this is something maybe, neither of you guys are really like huge music fans, I guess, but you can appreciate this, is like back in the day, before, not before the internet, but before, well, certainly before the internet, but before um, people were really sharing music and downloading Mm -hmm. when Napster was invented at Northeastern University, before there was all of that, before all of that, (laughs) before all of that happened, there was, you know, you can download MP3s and all that kind of uh, stuff, but people were really sharing their music on CDs and even mm-hmm. on cassettes 
and taping things off the radio. And I remember, you know, someone coming up to me with a, a record like Corn's Follow the Leader or mm-hmm. something like that or um, 311's Blue Album, which is how I got into 311 or whatever. And, and it wasn't like, you know, you didn't give it to 10 people and be like, well, everyone's got to listen to this album. It's like, no, you'll like it. And then like you mm-hmm. and you hand it over to them. It's like it's that sort of like organic, like grassroots feeling. It's like how all these big bands like No Doubt came up in Orange County or something like that, where it's like this thing just circulates very slowly. And before yeah. you know it, you have this great foundation that doesn't crumble underneath you because you grew too fast or you grew for artificial reasons. And that's and that's the only thing I'm saying. It's that mixtape mentality. It's that like it's that it's that sharing music or sharing the NES cartridge, the SNES cartridge. Not with everyone on the playground, but with like the two guys that really you fucking know are love talk it. about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear. And you, like, yeah. so that's like my whole my whole thing. The other people don't care, and that's fine. You know, I, like, I hear you and agree with you, but I think again, you're negating the internet age. If somebody's following us right now and loves our shit and wants to share it to their 18 followers, I bet their 18 followers love anime and Dead Space just as much. You know what I mean? Like that's all I'm saying. But to go back to your earlier point, right? Like, is this? Is this the new like? Is this a fad or is this the new generation of content creators? Right? Ah, uh, yeah. Because you're because the original th- the topic was that game trailers is gone. What it's, does it mean it's, for everything? Right. Where is that middle? Right. No. So we're clearly not like. How do we get bigger while still staying small? I think we know? get bigger and while still staying ourselves by yeah. doing the things, making the right choices. Because that's the things. problem. As is long like, as we're never pandering, you know what I mean. I I don't 100 percent agree. I think the animated series, at least when Nick laid it out for me through the first six episodes, I was like, oh. It, you could be a normal person and watch this and have no idea who we are and enjoy it, but you're going to get more out of it if you're a fan, right? right. As long as we are, we're never going to do the pandering show that, ha- that has no personality. Craig and I were talking about this. Craig from Screw Attack was on Colin Agree Live today. We were talking about this, and he brought up game trailers too because he hasn't. Ha- I don't think he had a chance to talk to people about it, right? And it is that thing of like, you know, what is it? And it's personality, right? It's being yourselves. We're always going to be that. And so as long as we don't ever introduce a product that is devoid of who we are, that isn't you licking Tim's face on the beginning of a love and sex stuff and Colin and I dicking around. Almost licking his face. No, I heard off camera you did lick. I heard I heard you cut, edited the show and cut it right before you full on licked his face. True or false? His, I licked his, the entire side of his face. We're always going to make the content we we are, yeah. and that's and that's uh, the the thing about it, and why why not to grow too fast and not to explode and not to be garbage eventually is the fact of like we're always going to be ourselves. We're always going to unflinchingly be ourselves. Yeah, you are going to tune in and you are going to know immediately if you like this dynamic, who we are, what we're saying. Colin Colin is not. Colin will never not talk about politics. Yeah. And it's and it doesn't matter if the comments are, I'm sick of hearing about this. Colin's like, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna be myself. I'm always gonna talk about Superman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's how this is gonna fucking be. Yeah, I think one of the things I really like about where we're at right now, and this is something my biggest fear is that as we get bigger, we'll have to we'll sort of be forced to do the things that we necessarily aren't passionate about. But up until this point, who's what, forcing us to do that though? Well, that's that's what's been awesome so far is that we've we've had opportunities pop up in the past where we're like, this is a good opportunity. Does anyone want to do this? And we say no. And we yeah. say no, and we go, sorry, yeah. we have to pass, right? Whereas at an IGN, someone's job would be to figure out, okay, this is an opportunity. How do we capitalize sure. off of this? Because that's what's going to add to the year-end profits, right? right? Like, my job is not to make content. My job is not to actually, you know, have passion for what I'm doing. My job is a biz dev person, and I'm supposed to connect point A with point B right. and make money from that, right? And we take a percentage of it. And so, like, I just, I think that that, like, needing to do that constantly does hurt the passion hurt the authenticity of it but that's going to be the struggle with us right is that eventually we're going to we're going to want like if there's a bigger project we want to do we're going to have to leverage something to get that and i just hope that 
I actually hope we never have to do that. I hope we never have to get to a place where we feel like we need to kind of like bite off more than we can chew as far as financials are concerned. Honestly, I don't think we're going to. Yeah. As long as we stay true to what we're talking about right now. Like it's one of those. I, let's look back at like off the wall shit we've done or even I've done. Right. Cinnamon and Crow's Toast Crunch Selfie Spoon was a paid opportunity, which I was upfront about with everybody and told them that. And the Samsung Pay app for Instagram, goofy thing. The Samsung Pay app thing, right? I turned into, this girl's popular on YouTube for making Tinder videos. I'll buy her a PS4 and write an obscenely long post <laughs> explaining everything about PlayStation. I made it about us and our yeah. art humor, yeah. right? And the selfie spoon was because Colin's always threatening to break the selfie sticks, right? And like, those are things that fit with who we are. And sure. there's been tons of other opportunities that have popped up. And they're like, what about product x this and we're like no like there's no way for us that doesn't fit with who we are that doesn't fit with an inside joke i can't tailor that to our audience to make them understand make not make them understand make some content they'd care about you know what i mean and that's what it comes down to yeah so yeah i don't i I don't think we're going to get to the point where it's like we want to make a major motion picture and we're gonna have to partner with product x or service y that is garbage and we have to sit there and be like thanks everybody let's talk about blah 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 you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and if we are, and it, it would be a product that we either like or agree or think fits well or whatever. Or we can have some Theoretically. Fun and of course, now we're spitballing in our spare bedroom in, in five years. Who the hell knows? But mm-hmm. I mean, I think when we start lo- taking those opportunities because we're taking it for the money, that's when we get into a problem. I like to think that in five years when we have a space, we still utilize this space for something. Like this is always where we shoot Shuhei. Like he always has to just be <laughs> shot out of this room. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't wait for Shuei to come through here one day. Still hasn't been in this room, hasn't he? No, I thought he has. No, he's he's been through for other stuff. We've you know, we've had a Skype him. We did a uh, in person when he came through for kind of funny live. It was just on Skype too. Yeah. Oh man, I thought I could have swore he he co-hosted the morning show at one point. No, no, you're thinking about Isha Tyler. Isha Tyler came through here. Very very similar human beings, similar jobs. That's shut my, up. That Kevin. might be what I'm thinking of. I'm kidding, Boo Boo. I love you. I'm just kidding, Boo Boo. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the first ever <laughs> Kind of Funny Games Cast episode 57. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a long one, but it's been a ride. I've enjoyed myself. This has been a fun show, Colin. That was right. Now oh, you're such a piece of shit. This show's actually good. Who knew? Well, yeah, when there's no Tim and there's a more 100% more Nick Scarpino, it's great. <laughs> I love myself. Remember, support us on Patreon. Do all that stuff. But more than anything, no, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>